Welcome to the Heavy Debriefings Podcast. We are Josh Runquist and the Metal Fairy. A fun-loving metal couple that brings you the best in new music. What did you just make me listen to? As well as movies. Three hours later, nothing of value was added. TV. It's going good, so why not cancel it? Video games. Here's an idea. Remake the game, but make it worse. Wrestling. Why are we still watching this week after week? And all things entertainment. I knew it. I knew she was behind Black Guy Games. And a little insight into our personal lives. You don't mind that I trauma dump on you, do you? Uh, emotional support girlfriend, party one. He's a handsome fella. I know, you keep telling me. We're made for each other, because no one else would have us. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Josh Ronquist here for the Heavy Debriefings Podcast, episode 31. Title, as of right now, unknown. <laughs> Will it be a round title? Will it be a flat title? <laughs> I do not know. But uh, along with me, I do have... The Metal Fairy. And you were gone most of the week. I was. I was puppy-sitting. Yes, uh, you were puppy-sitting on your grand adventure, uh, mm. and uh, you actually left with a little reward for doing all of your effort. I did? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I, I, I did get a puppy attack on my face. <laughs> Bit of a scratch right under my eye, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. How did that happen? Oh, she's, she's in her jumping phase, and she leaped from the ground onto my lap and right at my face and bit my face. <laughs> but she's cute so it's all okay she's so cute i just hope no one thinks that i did that to you yeah well you know let them think what they think yeah and then like just like on <laughs> curb your enthusiasm the, ca- the, the cops in the county come yes and... when i have a dentist appointment I'll, they'll ask me about it <laughs> do i need to call someone for you <laughs> but no it's a uh, great to have you back you came back yesterday yes. but yes. Uh, we're recording this on friday we friday are. gotta get down on friday exactly and that's why we're doing the show on friday with our uh, heavy debriefings after dark basically uh, exactly. Uh, we did this last week. We really enjoyed it. So we thought, gosh darn it, why don't we actually enjoy the weekend and just record this on a exactly, Friday night? Exactly, exactly. But thankfully, we still have a good amount of stuff to be able to talk to you this week. We've got a bunch of news. Yes. We got Accountability 101 with Fate's Warning. We do. We got our top 10 favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. And so, so much more. But now, let's get right into it with the news. It's time for the news. Booze, dress. Guns, lies, blackmail, and laughter. With Anchor Woman, the Metal Fairy, and co-host Josh Rumpelist. But look out at the corner of 12th and Main because I'm going to be sick. So what do we got in the news this week? Uh, we got news kind of all over the place. So first up, we do have a couple celebrity deaths. So, Unfortunately, yes. yes. Near and dear to us, we just found out earlier today that Bushwhacker Butch passed away. Which is super sad. If you're not familiar, he was a... It was a wrestler. Uh, primarily, he had his heyday during the late late eighties, early nineties. Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. A but, part of the Bushwhackers. Yes, yes. And he was always such. A, they were always such a fun pair. I thought. And those yeah. those crazy white trash Australians, <laughs> right? Licking exactly. licking the turnbuckles and armpits and. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Not sure what happened. We know that he was. Had went his went out to LA. I guess he's gonna be appearing at some convention with Luke of the Bushwhackers, and he was fell ill as soon as he got there, and unfortunately didn't make it. So super sad. Um, yeah, I I loved the Bushwhackers as a kid. Yeah, uh, I think I have the wrestling figures in that giant box of I think action you do. figures I, I do. I think you do. <laughs> yeah, I think I have both of them. I remember yeah. getting both of them at some point. Yeah, uh, it could have been lost uh, ten or. 
God, like, was it 13 years now since I moved away from home? So I might have lost it during yeah, that. Could be. But, uh, yeah, I love them so much. They were one I of my know. favorite tag teams. It was always fun doing... The, the hand movements, the yes. The hand movements, yes. yes. Uh, I always remember them facing the Beverly Brothers. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> For some reason, that was the feud. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, they had some good matches. So. And for some reason, I thought Luke already died. I thought, yeah, I thought he died like several years ago. Apparently, nope. he's still around. He is. A, he is. You did mention that they were both going to be at a convention, they but were. Uh, thankfully, Luke is still around. I can't imagine that he's still going to be doing the convention although yeah, maybe who knows? but who knows? i think it'd be under good circumstances if he didn't show up i would it's totally understandable why oh, sure absolutely. but still it's just really sad for the wrestling world losing someone at least of my generation and part of yours yeah losing someone like that definitely um outside of that uh toby keith passed away this week after a battle with cancer yes i should feel bad about this yeah i mean like, he was a seminal country artist. Mm. But his political views just make me... No! Wishing he died. Not yeah. dancing on his grave. <laughs> Nothing like that. But just, I feel so empty when I think about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously any death, any any battle of cancer especially, is super sad. And, you know, you don't wish that upon anybody, but definitely didn't share the same views as him so you know it's not somebody that i was a fan of but i mean he he made a song profiting off of 911 yeah and yeah. you know the the whole dixie chicks thing that created the country civil war I, that's that's like are you team toby keith or are you team J dixie chicks yeah that's true and i i am team dixie chicks though <laughs> yeah growing up it was team Toby Keith, because I lived in a town of a thousand people well, sure, in a sure. very right-wing small town, yeah, and did. I didn't know better. <laughs> and then when I finally reached the age of reason, I realized that it, I was Team Dixie Chicks on that. Yes, yes. Or sorry, sorry, the chicks now. Yes. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, beer for my horses um, can also lead to consumption problems and also stomach cancer. So... <laughs> Uh, I could make more jokes about that, but I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. Let's continue we'll, on with the we'll news. We'll continue on. We'll continue on. Uh, Winter Sun has uh, put out their uh, a, a screenshot of their cover of their new upcoming album. Yeah, album and, artwork. And the track list as well. Yes. I've seen so many people trashing the album artwork. Oh, really? Yeah, they do not like the way it looks. I didn't mind it. it, it I, I kind of A lot of people it. said it looks fake. It looks like they used AI to make it. It just... Okay. Looks terrible. I mean, they pointed out who they had made it, make mm -hmm. it, but. Oh I, yeah, it was the uh, it was the one that made the original time. Yeah, one, yeah. Which I'm, is why I'm surprised that people feel that way. Yeah. But I also understand why. Yeah. Because they just want to trash Winter Sun for all the stuff that's. Well, that happened. is true. That I totally understand. So they're so they're looking for any reason to crap on I, them. I get that, but at the same time, I feel like we have so many valid reasons to trash on them. Like, mm -hmm. I'll give them what what they deserve that i like the album artwork i think it's mm -hmm. fine so i also seen another post uh I'll, I'll clean it up for this version uh yeah stop your crying you're gonna listen to time too anyways <laughs> <laughs> i am i am gonna check it out i am, gonna I, check I am it out. too i have to do yeah. my due diligence and exactly i don't have a problem with the music of winter sun no no it's just, it's just uh yari's yari. actions yeah. over the past decade or so exactly, exactly. um <laughs> For me, I didn't mind the artwork. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. There's only six songs on the album. Uh, three yep. of them are epics over mm -hmm. the 10-minute mark. Yeah, just shy of 50 minutes total length. 
Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, three songs being over ten minutes and then three being shorter? I mean, I, I think that's somewhat on par for some of their previous albums, so it's not a huge stretch or anything. I mean, well, well, the last album, The Four Seasons, all of them were over ten minutes long. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. over 40 minutes long. That's so. true. That's true. But almost 15 years to create 40 minutes of music? I know. I know. I know. Ugh. Now, now, I understand it. There's some bands that can get away with taking a long, long time to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, it gets overhyped. Yeah. Like, for melodic death metal, this is the Chinese democracy of <laughs> melodic death is. metal. <laughs> this is the Duke Nukem Forever of melodic <laughs> death metal. Oh, yeah. Like, is it going to live up to all the hype that's been built up? Yeah. Well, look at the last Tool album. I mean, we're already not Tool fans. Yeah. But so many people say that is the worst Tool album that ever came out. Yeah. And it took them, like, 16 years to make that yeah. album. Well, and I think there's such a difference between, like, bands that, like, are like, okay, we're purposely going to take time off to take time off, and bands that, like, in this case, Winter Sun Yari has apparently been working on it this entire flipping time. Like, what? It better be, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> it, it better massage areas on my body that need massaging. So your body. To- yes, my whole body. <laughs> It, it better do all of that as I'm listening to it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we got we got even more news. We do have a couple other things. Um, so earlier today we saw a little uh post from the Aussie camp. Apparently, at one point Kanye had wanted to sample a part of I I can't remember what song it was. Do you remember what song War it was? Pigs. War Pigs. Was it It was a live, uh, bootleg from 1978 of War Pigs. Yeah, and Aussie did not allow him to do so because of a lot of things that he stands for. Um, but apparently he has done so anyways. Yeah. Uh, apparently he feels like he's bigger than Jesus. Right. And he can just do whatever he wants. <laughs> now, you can just go ahead and say it. He's an anti-Semite. Yes, yeah. Uh, he wore a Burzum shirt loud and proud to be able to do that. You you think you would at least Google whatever you're gonna wear to see if there's any problems you would with think it? So. You would think so. And within so. five seconds, you can just look up Burzum and yeah. see something wrong. Yeah. But um, you know, I hope there's legal action that happens with it. I mean, I, hope I don't so. know if there can be or there will be, but yeah, I, you know, if that could be the last great thing Ozzy does is take down Kanye West, <laughs> right? that'd be pretty I'm, cool. I'm not against that. Yeah, because so far he just put out the message saying that he, you know, doesn't support Kanye and doesn't want to have anything to do with Kanye and he wants people to know that he doesn't, you know, have the same views and such. And he did it in all caps, which I thought yes. was great. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I have whipped up with legal action as well because that's messed up. You can't use other people's music. And, mm. yeah. and it's funny, one of the first big Kanye West songs samples 21st Century Schizoid Man by King Crimson. Mm. <laughs> so it's weird that Kanye knows Ozzy, King Crimson, and Burzum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, hmm. that that is very confusing. It's to very, me. it's a head scratcher. It's a head scratcher. <laughs> and finally, well, two more things. Oh, two more things. Uh, there has been some Xbox rumors going on here. Oh, um, I thought we were saving this for the gaming stuff, but uh, oh, yeah, we yeah. can no, we can talk about it now since sure. it's actually news. It is. It we is. should just do that when it comes to everything. News yeah. is news. News is news. All right, so. Trying to explain this in the shortest way that I can, 
leaks started coming up early this week, I believe on Monday, that Xbox may be releasing some of their first-party games onto third-party consoles like the PlayStation and the Nintendo systems. Yes. And there's been a whole lot of other things that have been happening since then. Like, apparently, a deleted tweet that no longer says Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. It says Microsoft Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, th there's so many rumors going around, like, is Xbox done? Right, right. Are they just going to be a publisher now? Were they just, uh, you know, release games on other consoles? Like, yeah. maybe support the Xbox systems for a couple more years and just be done with it? Yeah. Um, are they going to release Game Pass on PlayStation and right. Nintendo? Yeah. And if they do on the Switch or the Switch 2, you're set. You don't even need one I of know. those handheld PCs <laughs> I that I've been telling you about. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, there's so many things that this could be. Yeah. After you learning a little bit about it, I know you're, you're not completely in the know with this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think? They're doing an announcement next week where they're going to be talking about the future of Xbox. Yeah. Like, there was a tweet from the head of Xbox saying, we've heard you, and we're going to explain everything next week mm -hmm. for, the, for the future of Xbox. Yeah. I, well, I would love to see uh, Game Pass come to the Switch, because that would be really awesome for me. I, I just feel like it's going to be a lot less exciting than what everybody is like, thinking it's gonna be it's just gonna be something stupid i think i mean i don't what think kind of stupid? i don't think they're gonna get rid of xbox i don't think they're gonna like publish like uh game pass on all these other systems i think it's just gonna be something minor like i don't know like i don't know another change to game pass or like something stupid and little like i just i don't i feel like it's gonna be something that people are so disappointed in well there's a couple other ways to look at this. For one, yeah. he didn't deny anything. Well, of course not. Like, why build that up? I mean, not deny that uh, these things that people are coming up with aren't true. Because then you get people speculating and you get attention and people go and buy Xboxes so they think they might go away or... Or they might not buy them because they think, why would I invest that yeah. kind of money yeah. into it? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean... It's publicity. Yes, but also, you weren't really a gaming fan when you've seen the death of consoles and companies mm. doing that. Like, when the Dreamcast died, you weren't playing games. You couldn't have cared less that the Dreamcast died. I was died. playing games, I just wasn't playing Dreamcast. Yeah, so you don't care. About Dreamcast? Yeah. yeah. Right. For example. Sure. But you've come around on that, especially with the I played Atari games. when that went away. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but I'm just saying, like, there hasn't been, like, the death of a major console since, like, 2001. Sure. So there's a lot of people who haven't experienced stuff like this. So oh, they're, yeah, they're going through their heads, like, so many different things about what could... How could we possibly live in a world where it's just PlayStation and right. Nintendo, yeah. for example? Mm -hmm. If I had to guess what was going to happen, and this is just me going through, like, all the different rumors and everything. Yeah. The most realistic thing that I can see happening is all of the first-party games that aren't selling well on the Xbox yeah. might get ports to PlayStation and Nintendo. Mm, I can see that. I can see that. Like, uh, apparently the last Halo didn't do so good oh, in yeah. sales, so maybe they'll put that on the PlayStation and Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. 
Um, there's rumors that Starfield is coming on PlayStation, yep. which I will get because when I play it <laughs> on the Xbox Series S, it it dies on me about every hour, hour and a half. Yes, yes. So I would love to play it on the PlayStation 5 so it doesn't die. That would be nice. For example, there also could be the thing where, like, it's going to be coming first to Xbox, mm-hmm. and then maybe like a year or two later, yeah. it will go to the other stuff. Yeah, that makes I sense. I could also see that. Yeah. And also, I mean, if it's true that Xbox Game Pass is now Microsoft Game Pass, mm-hmm. maybe they're not going to put first-party games onto Game Pass anymore, and they're just going to have this big thing here, yeah. and then you'd have to buy an Xbox to get those first-party games. That could be. That very well could be. There's so much speculation, I have no idea what's going to happen. no idea. <laughs> don't even know when next week yeah. this, uh, this video is gonna, presentation is going to happen. Yes. So it's all wait and see while we twiddle our thumbs. It is. It is. And speaking of twiddling our thumbs, one band is not twiddling their thumbs any longer. No. Mr. Well, there's been a little bit of news with Mike Portnoy and then also Dream Theater is working on their new album. Yes. Yeah, starting today as we're recording this, Friday, Dream Theater has entered the studio for their yes. 16th album. Yes. And Mike Portnoy has brought back his most legendary drum set the siamese monster yes which if you're not familiar with is what do you imagine when you hear siamese twins yes so it's the same <laughs> on the left and the right yes so like like it all goes in the same and then in the center there's a little bit of difference but when you spread mm-hmm. it out it comes to the same yeah it requires two uh, uh drum thrones it has three bass drums attached <laughs> to it like it oh. it's a crazy setup it's for all the drum nerds out there, it is the most legendary of all of Mike Portnoy's kits. It's the most favorite kit of all of them. <laughs> and I'm excited to see what's going to be coming of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, As someone who... Really, the only Dream Theater album that you've listened to with Mike Portnoy is Images and Words. Yeah, fully through, yeah. Yeah, what What do you think about this now? I mean, I'm curious to see, see what comes of it. I mean, I, I don't see them being the astonishing, but... You know, I'm curious. I'm curious. Yes. um, If you ever think that Metal Fairy's opinions on music are better than mine, remember her favorite Dream Theater album is The Astonishing. Take that information as you will. What exactly are you getting? I'm not, I'm not getting at anything. (laughs) I just want, I just want people to know your opinion that The Astonishing is your favorite Dream Theater album. It sure is. And then people can choose to believe what they want to believe. (laughs) Oh, that's not a loaded statement at all. Uh, For me, I'm excited. This is basically Dream Theater's last act, really. I mean, uh, Jordan's in his 60s. Uh, The rest of the band is in their mid to late 50s. They're not going to be going that much longer. Just due to their age. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be able to pull off all of the stuff that you're doing in your 70s and 80s and stuff like that. The body just won't, like, do that. Right. So I think they're going to finish up the band strong. I don't think this will be the last album, but I think it will be one of the last albums. Yeah. And I'm excited to see this final ride. Yeah. And there we go for the news. But now, it's time for my least favorite segment of the show, but it is time for the Metal Fairies Reality Review. Damn that ever, 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 ever do that to me. No, and now it's time for the Metal Fairies Reality Review. Oh, please make the voices stop! So, 
up this week, I yet again watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Vanderpump Rules. Uh, I was asleep during all of this. Yes, you were. You because were. <laughs> uh, I decided to stay up 23 hours. I know. For not being able to get any sleep. Yes. And after it was done, I just went straight to bed. You did. You did. <laughs> uh, so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. It was kind of a boring episode this week, I'll be honest. They all are. Oh, come now. They are not. Um. So this was their final uh, episode while they were in uh, Spain on their vacation. So it started out with Sutton uh, dumping the ashes of her uh, friend and mentor of the past. Um, And yeah, there was a little bit of a, a moment as she was dumping the ashes into the ocean where they kind of flew back at all the girls. <laughs> so it was like the Big Lebowski. Uh, it was the Big Lebowski. <laughs> And that that was that was kind of funny. Um, uh, during uh that whole thing though, when she was dumping the ashes, um, they each wore these kind of flower wreaths around their neck, and they each threw these into the ocean. And Guy and I each had a moment where they decided some different things that they were going to let go. In addition to letting go of his ashes, um, some of the different losses and kind of pain points that they're dealing with, and you know, kind of dumping their emotional drama into the ocean, so to speak. <laughs> Um, later on, they uh, went to a restaurant where uh, there was a performance going on with some festive dancing and such. And Sutton had made them all dress in red, um, alluding to the fact that they were kept on stage and do dancing as well. And of course, later on, they were all forced upon stage and we had to witness their attempts at doing Spanish dancing. Um, it was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. It sounds terrible. It does. Um, grassy ass. <laughs> grassy ass. Um, in addition to all of this, uh, Erica kind of continued her conversations, issues around her necklace of last week. And it is the, the girls like having issues with her, you know, not being the most understanding and, you know, it, it just not caring about the victims of her ex-husband and stuff. And she kind of just stuck to, stuck to her, uh, gut with everything and, um, really emphasize that like the girls really hurt her with all the things that they said to her the previous season and stuff which fine your feelings are your feelings but girl you came across terrible <laughs> all the things they said running through her head running, running through, through her, her head, head running through her head yes and finally in the last part of the episode when they were back in LA uh Kyle finally got a little bit into her marriage issues and how she just hasn't felt comfortable telling a lot of the girls about what's going on but how she doesn't know that her marriage is gonna last and it didn't get too too deep into like what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there about her husband cheating on her and her possibly having another friend outside of marriage as well, but nothing too crazy was divulged, but we'll see what comes next week. Wow, uh, cheating on the Real Housewives? That's not done for ratings. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, on to Vanderpump Rules. It was a little bit better of an episode this week. My, if you haven't heard this before, yes. my most hated <laughs> reality TV show. It is, it is. It so, just boils the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was the season opener, and they didn't really show Tom Sandoval at all. But this week, uh, there was quite a folks around him. Um, and really the fact that him and his ex, Ariana, still live in the same house together. Um, <laughs> because he wants to buy her out of the house, but she doesn't want to give him the, the ease of, like, just being able to stay in the same house. So until they sell the house, she doesn't want to leave. And they're not communicating at all, though. They only communicate through Tom's assistant. So it's, like, awkwardly texting, like, it was his birthday coming up and so she 
she he had the assistant text Ariana to see if she could if he could have a party and like all the stuff. It is just so stupid and childish. So they're getting bad together at the end of the season, is what uh, you're saying. No, I don't see that happening. But <clears throat> um outside of that, um Lana um said something to make people mad, I'm guessing. Well, of course that always happens. <laughs> but um <laughs> I was just filling up the dead time, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> you hush you. Um is she had lunch with Ariana and she's like the one person who's kind of trying to talk Ariana down from being like this queen who's been scorned and like can do no wrong. She's trying to talk some sense into her and stuff about how like just move out of the house, be done with this whole situation, like get on with your life kind of things. But eh. um, outside of that, there was an emo night that apparently uh, Kate and Ariana had taken place with a year ago or so. They had DJed for it and it was coming up again this year and they were going to DJ for it again. Them? Yes. Doing an emo an night. An emo night. And Sheena was going to be a part of it too. Now Sheena, White people. In, in the past she had a little pop career that she tried to have and um, she decided to do an emo version of one of her songs and she went into the recording booth and sang some screamo lyrics to it. <laughs> it was the most horrible thing ever. Um, and that's funny because you say a lot of the bands that I listen to have atrocious yes, vocals yes. when it comes to screams and growls yes. and stuff. Was it was this worse than those? Oh, sure, sure. Because her pop pop song is, as it's good as gold. And like, she's like, good as gold. <laughs> Ugh. I know, oh. right? You gave me the douche chills there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then outside of that, um, there's a lot about Tom and Tom and kind of the future of their restaurant together. Um, the good Tom in the situation, him and all the business partners that they work with have kind of shooed Tom out of the restaurant. They didn't want him to be there because he has brought in so much backlash around his actions from last year, cheating on Ariana and all that stuff. Um, but they ended up having lunch and it, it just kind of was at a standstill. They, who knows what the future is going to hold for them. Um, well, of, um, well, I can tell you. Yeah. Lisa yeah. Von, Vanderpump is going to use her Italian connections and get the mob together and finish everybody off for the C- series finale. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and that, that would be the perfect end the series. <laughs> it would, it would. And then your favorite character, James, uh, there was a, a storyline around him and his girlfriend buying a house and uh, possibly adopting a puppy home. Yeah, I can't imagine he week. would be able to train a pup of any kind. You know, he had a dog with Raquel, the one who cheated with Tom last year. Um, oh yes, I totally knew that. Exactly, exactly. He, he seemed to be a good doggy dad, but that seems to be his only redeeming quality. What about Lala? What was she up to anything? Oh, she was the one who had uh, lunch with Ariana. Oh. Yeah, and then she didn't say Lala, so... Didn't, okay. And she was going to be going to Emo Night as well, but not, like, participating really, just kind of being there. I know, right? But that was, that was Vanderpump Rules. So, Emo Night hasn't happened yet, so I'm assuming that's going to be the next episode? Uh, yeah, I think so. Or, oh. or they didn't show much of it if they did. All right, if they have any licensed music, you got to find out what it is and let yeah. me know what it is. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I would love to see what they consider Emo. Yeah. They showed clips from an Emo Night, but I think it was last year's, unless it was this year's, and they just didn't play much of it, but... Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. You heard it. You can't unhear it. It was the Metal Fairies reality review. All right, everybody. Now it's time for my favorite segment of the show where the Metal Fairies actually held accountable. No, not for that stuff. Being able to check out the (laughs) bands that she said over the past decade or so that she was going to check out and never did. Yeah. So I created a spin the choice wheel and every week we're looking at a different band that she said she was going to check out and never did in Accountability 101. 
Classes in session. It's time for Accountability 101, where the little fairy is being held accountable and having her check out one band a week that she actually said she was gonna check out. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that. Ponder, 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 ponder. Now, this week is a very interesting week when it, it comes to Accountability 101 because this is a band that uh, you have basically a newfound infatuation with, at least with the singer yes. Ray Alder. Yes. Of course, uh, you basically just got into him because of his second solo album, too, which yes. came out last year. Yes. Despite the band being around since the <laughs> mid-80s, you only oh. discovered them after they stopped making new music. Ah. <laughs> But yes, um, you finally landed on Fate's Warning for Accountability 101, and I tried to go with an album that I thought you would like the most. Their most commercially successful album, probably their easiest album to get into, and an album where Ray Elder just simply shines. Mm -hmm. The 1991 album, Parallels. Yes. Uh, progressive metal at its finest, a year before Images and Words came out, so Fate's Warning had a little bit of a lead-in when it came to the progressive metal routes of that style. Yes. Although Queensryche beat them with uh, Operation Mindcrime and Empire. Mm -hmm. But yes, uh, Fate's Warning is basically the third youngest child of it all, where they were so underground and no one paid attention to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a metal child, now that I think about it, where they <laughs> don't get any of the attention. Yes. But um, those that are Fates Warning fans are diehard Fates Warnings fans. Yeah. And of course, there's the John Arch era, the Ray Alder era. Sure. All of it's good to me. Yeah. But you checked out Parallels, and you've been very tight-lipped about this. You you would not tell me what you thought no. of this, and you're saving it for the mic. I am. You're saving it for the show. I so am. I am so curious. What did you think of Parallels? I mean, first, with a, a little sidetrack, let's just start with Ray Alder himself and just the, the doll face that he is. I mean, he's, he's still pretty good looking now but my word back in the day he was just a cutie oh. did you watch any of the music videos for the i did stuff? not but i looked up pictures and stuff okay. that, so. that's almost as good but i will i will do videos at some point but mm. he he is just mm, mm, girl yeah girl. um as far as the album goes you're right you're right i concede i i should have listened to this a <laughs> long long time i should have listened to this when i was a child i i am so far behind and it's disgusting josh is right do, 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 <laughs> he is dancing is right now right. <laughs> Um, overall, I would say the only, the best way I can describe is, is they, they give me the same feeling that I get when I listen to a lot of the early Dakings Strike albums. Like, even though yeah. I, they're, even though they're not from, uh, Seattle and stuff like that, they still give me that kind of rainy day vibe in a way. And you know where they're from? New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> totally not Seattle. <laughs> but they give me that kind of rainy day vibe feeling to their music. Um, but I, I, I love it from head to toe. There's, there's no bad songs on here musically. I enjoy it. Ray's voice is amazing on here. Haha, ha, you like um, prog. It's proggy, yeah. It's not just prog, though. It's, it's melodic. It's melodic metal. You can be melodic and progressive. That's not... Anyways, there's a, there's a few of the songs I definitely recognize from you playing, like mm -hmm. Leave the Past Behind, Eye to Eye, Point of View. Um, I would say my favorite song of the album is We Only Say Goodbye. Ugh. 
It's a great song. Girl, he can sing that to me anytime he wants to. How about that falsetto in the middle? Yeah, and I also loved Life is Still Water and the 11th Hour. But again, none of them are bad, and there's no bad songs. It's Might just... as well list off the rest of the album, too. You exactly. listed almost everything. Exactly, exactly. But, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to. Oh, I, I mean, I can. There's also uh, Don't Follow Me and The Road Goes On Forever. Yeah, you only left out two songs. I did, I did. But, yes, I absolutely love it, and yeah, this will be on rotation now. All right, so how does it compare to, like, Queensryche and Dream Theater, basically? The three main yeah. fathers of progressive <laughs> metal. I mean, Queensryche still has, like, probably the nearer, dearer spot to me, just because I've been into them since I was a little kid. Um, So it, it'll it'll be a while till they can, you know, kind of work their way up to that ranking. I, I would say I like them more than Dream Theater. <laughs> um, I understand. Yeah, I, I mean, understand. yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, they overhauled it, just have more of the vibe that I like. Like I said, they're, they, they kind of remind me of the Queen's Rig vibe, which Dream Theater is definitely a different vibe, I would feel, feel like. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, I will say when you go on your ventures towards the other near 20 albums that Fate's Warning has. Yes. Uh, the John Arch era is quite different. Yes. Uh, it has more of an Iron Maiden kind of feel to it. A little mm-hmm. more power metal yeah. kind of stuff going on. Well, I do remember somewhat from uh, Prague Power when we saw. Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't, which is why I brought it up. And also yeah. for people who are not familiar with oh, Fate's Warning on the show. Definitely. Yeah. Like uh, the Ray Alder era is more of like that pure progressive metal. Mm-hmm. Lots of melody yeah. going on. And of course his voice. I mean, it's so great. Yeah. And it's got a little bit of a Dream Theater crossover as well as a uh, former Dream Theater keyboardist. Kevin Moore played keyboards yeah. on a couple albums in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So when you get to those albums. Yeah. I mean, I think I primarily would stick to the Ray uh, albums. but Sure. But I mm-hmm. still think you should give them a shot at least if yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't write it off before you know better. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I mean, it, it goes without saying you're going to be checking out more Fate's Warning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm very happy to hear that. And I'm, I'm going to be so excited to see what Fate's Warning albums you check out next and what mm-hmm. connects with you and stuff. Yeah. And we might even be talking about Fate's Warning later in the show. Who knows? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right? But until then, this was Accountability 101 for this week. What do you think of Fate's Warning? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Are they underrated? Overrated? Uh, do you think we're just stupid for liking Fate's Warning? Is, is the Metal Fairy stupid now for loving Ray Elder's <laughs> voice? And how cute is Ray? And how cute is Ray? 56 years old and still got it. Exactly. And of course, the smartest thing he could have done was grow his hair back. Yes, yes. The short hair era was not it. Yes. But let us know all that down below as we are about to spin the choice. Yes, I stole this from King of the Hill and Peggy Hill's uh, Thanksgiving (laughs) game. I call it Spin the Choice. We have 21 albums that we'll be talking about, but 21 bands as well. Yeah. Uh, the way if you're checking this out for the first time, I made this list. You click on a band, and I will give you an album to check out that I think that you'll dig the most All from right. that particular band. All right. So the Metal Fairy, spin the choice. Big money. Here we go. What will it be? Oh, gonna okay. be going gonna be going in a much different direction here with yes. Svalbard. Now, yeah, not like Fate's Warning at all. No. Uh, this is probably the most uh, metal band okay. of everything of that we've done so far on Accountability 101. Yeah. Um, it is a great combination of uh, black metal, hardcore, uh, pop, 
atmospheric music. It's like a mm-hmm. big culmination of stuff. Yeah. And a huge, huge part of it has to do with uh, mental health issues and how you look at yourself in society. Mm-hmm. And I, you've checked out last year's album. Yeah. A little bit anyways. You yeah. checked it checked out. I don't, do you remember any of it at all? Was this one of the female vocals? Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, since you kind of remember that, we're going to be going to the album before that. Okay. With the very cheery title of When I Die, Will I Get Better? Oh, okay. Yeah, this <laughs> this album tackles um a, a lot of hard things like uh, dealing with what people think of you online, uh, sexual assault, mm. body image, Ugh. so many different things. Yeah. And I implore you to check out the lyrics along yeah. with this. I think they're all on Spotify if you want to go about it that way. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely check out the lyrics to these songs and I think they'll grip you a little bit harder. Um, I think that the reason I say that is because I think you're going to appreciate that more than the music. Yeah. Because that's definitely what happened with last year's album. Mm-hmm. You appreciated the lyrics more than the music so maybe that'll be the case this time yeah. it's gonna be a downer oh it's sure. gonna be a downer and it might even make you cry maybe but it's they are a great band and i'm excited to talk about that in next week's show yeah um yeah also if you're familiar with svalbard uh, do you dig them do you not dig them let us know and now until next time that is the conclusion of accountability 101 and now it's time for the big old centerpiece of this week's show our theme of the week and this week we'll be covering our top 10 favorite bands of all time well now i'm here to tell you about the only real path to mental health now it's time for our theme of the week what will the topic be this week that's right it's the something or other so as I said, we're finally covering the thing that maybe we should have done the first time. Maybe. But I'm I'm glad we waited just to give you a little more insights into who we are before we did this. Yeah. Our top ten favorite bands of all time. Yeah. And you had to be a jerk about all this right before we started <laughs> recording. Why don't you let why don't you let the lads, lasses, and everyone in between know what you did before we started recording? Right before I'm like, I just need a minute to look at my list again, just make sure I'm okay with this, because I had already made it another change last night and then another change this morning and it was a hard list to do (laughs) and of course that then made you look at your list and change your list yeah (laughs) because you put it into my head what if my list isn't good enough i know right so i did have to make some changes yeah well what were you thinking going into making the list well i went with the bands that i had to like almost all of their discography if Mm -hmm. not all of soggy Mm -hmm. not just a couple albums yeah um and i also had to put in the ones that are the most influential into my life. Yeah. You know, whether they just hold emotional meaning to me, whether they're a gateway band that got to a style, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, and it's going to be different for every band. Yeah. But that's how I look at it. Yeah. How about you? Like, I was pretty similar. Like, I, I think for any band, it, it's natural that occasionally there might be an album or two that you don't quite love, but then there are bands that, are, that you only like a portion of their discography or like, I love their early work or but nothing later, you know, stuff like that. And it, it's hard, but sometimes you got to knock some bands out that used to be your favorite and uh just put in people that you actually do like almost all of their work if not all of their work and that you consistently look forward to it when they put out new work and it's not a oh is it gonna be bad again situation um and then secondly you know what kind of meaning is there there for me you know how much do i you know look at them for like meaning with their lyrics and music and stuff like that and it's hard though because there, there's so many bands that like once were on my favorite list even in the past years like recent years that just aren't bands that i go back that much anymore so they just as much as i love them they they don't really deserve to be there right now. Yeah. And, you know, again, that just kind of shows the ravages of age, doesn't it? It How 
was. <laughs> like, when you think about the bands that mattered so much to you at, like, 16. Yeah. And then you look at our, at our ages now. Yep. You see the silver hairs growing. <laughs> you see the baldness of your head growing more and more. <laughs> they realize that life wasn't what you wanted it to be. Uh, we're all oh. heading to the grave one day. Anyways, oh. I got my second to spin the choice wheel up here. Yes. Where we decide who goes first. You or me, or me or you. All right. I'll be doing it this time. Let's see what we got. Round and round and round he goes. Where it lands, nobody knows. Oh. Oh, looks like it's going to be me this week. It is. It's good. Um, you know, I think it was the last couple weeks or something that you went first. So, yeah. you know, this is fair. It is. It's fair. It is. My number 10 is a band that I discovered in 2003, 2004. Okay. Uh, no, actually it was 2004. I remember seeing them on MTV's Headbangers Ball being interviewed sure. by Rob Zombie. <laughs> Yes, never forget, Rob Zombie oh. hosted Headbangers Ball for quite a bit of time. Oh, and of course, we're of the age where we remember Rick Rackman. Yes. And of course, the ravages of age have not <laughs> left Ricky at all. I got compared to being uh, the Ricky Rackman of this generation, where yeah. it, where it's like when I did interviews, it actually had holds some merits and you cared. Okay. So that was a really That's nice cool. compliment. That's cool. We um, gotta get you a cat house shirt. Yes. But um, I saw this on the Saturday when Headbangers Ball was on. Yeah. And that Tuesday, the album came out. Mm -hmm. that they were promoting yes. and I got it immediately. Yes. It is, of course, Tom England and Company Evergrey. Very nice. Uh, the album in question is, of course, Recreation Day, which is an album that I hold so near and dear to my heart, showing how heavy you can be with all clean vocals, mm -hmm. deep, soulful vocals Ooh. at that. Yes. Of course, the band has gone through many changes over the years. Yeah. They started off as a more symphonic keyboard-led band. Then they got a little more power metal. Then they got more mainstream. Mm -hmm. Then they became a prog band <laughs> and now i'm very excited to see what the future will hold with them yeah. i mean there's like so many different eras band yeah and i don't think you should ever stick to one genre yeah. if you're not feeling it mm. like just to appease the fans because if your heart's not into it people are gonna find out eventually that yeah. you're just uh you know you know stay the course big ned you're doing super yeah you know tom england doesn't work like that that's why he has so many different bands and projects that he's a part of like silent skies and redemption that's and all true. that stuff true. and you know even if like the newer evergrey stuff it could be your favorite it could be your least favorite from the band mm -hmm. still gotta respect it and yeah. i respect everything tom does of course the early day to mid era evergrey will always be my favorite but i'm always going to be a diehard evergrey fan yeah and of course one of my favorite moments ever was us seeing evergrey do an acoustic show oh yes at prog power yes and of course uh one of the photographers at prog power took a picture of both of us <laughs> singing along and you can see me there in my testament work shirt with my mouth agape singing along <laughs> and your eyes clothes like yes. come on shia give me all you got <laughs> <laughs> oh yes but good times yes good times i love evergrey and they are a band that like at one point they probably could have been on my list and it just it's hard because i like their last album but the couple before that i was just kind of on so i just i don't know if i can put them there anymore but they're they're like you said their early to mid work is still like hot for me so totally understand that pick my number 10 is Calma. Uh, this is a band that I have loved for quite a while. If you're not familiar with them, they are a melodic death metal band out of Finland. Swamp metal is what they refer to themselves as. Um, they're a band that like on first, like you saw their albums, you saw the titles, you kind of saw them. You wouldn't think that they'd be very deep or anything. You'd think they're just kind of, you know, metal, whatever. But they have a lot of depth to them. Like their their music is very intricate. It's super, super amazing. They're like highly skilled musicians. <laughs> 
Um, but lyrically, like there's a lot of deep lyric in their in their work, and it's just a lot of meaning for me. And I I absolutely love them. Yeah, and they also have a side band. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the Calma uh, is uh, working with John Pyers. Oh, if you remember that, um, yeah. there was a song that came out last year, and yeah. they're going to be working on an EP. I think it's coming out this year. Yeah, and uh, I know how much you love the album that he did with Vikram. Yes, so yes. It, it'll be exciting to see more of what Calma and John Pyers is all about. Absolutely, I love Calma. Yeah, but I haven't listened to them as much as you have. Yeah, so that's why they couldn't have made it into my top ten. Like, yeah. I even did an interview for the previous Calma album, not yes. the one that just came out, but the album before that. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Give people that off. Yeah. Number nine is a band that we just got done talking about. Oh. Fate's Warning. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Every year I grow to appreciate Fate's Warning just a little bit more. Yeah. Just like another band that'll show up in this list later. I know who that is. That is right. Huey Lewis in the news. I did. <laughs> I did not mean to spoil it right now, but yes. I know. I tried to hold it back. Oh. Yeah. I didn't want to bring up Super Tramps number one. Oh, oh crap. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, at number nine. Uh, yeah. Fate's Warning. I love the John Arch era. I love his voice. I love yeah. the styles that was going on there. But I love the Ray Alder era more. Mm-hmm. It's way more up my alley. Yeah. It's not as uh, technical wankery as Dream Theater, <laughs> but it's not as commercial as Queensryche. I get you. Where it's I almost pop rock yeah. at times. Yeah. It's it's that fine line right in between. Yeah. You know, it's just like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You know, too soft, too hard, just right. Funny Fate's Warning is just right. Funny you mentioned Goldilocks. Yeah, weird. Huh. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I love all of their albums. I think their 2016 album Theories of Light is one of my favorite Fate's Warning albums, along with Parallels, which is another yeah. reason why I want you to check that one out. Yeah. It is their most commercial sounding one, and it it's easily could have been songs I could have been on the radio. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't really listening in 91 since I was only four or five years old at the time. I was, but I was primarily listening to EWB at that point. Oh, oh <laughs> sorry. My apologies. Three or four, two or three at the time. So. Yes, yes. Um, But I just love what they do. Jim Matheos is an excellent songwriter. Everyone who's been a part of the band is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten to really know Michael Abdow, who is uh, the other guitarist in Fate's Warning as of now. Yeah. Uh, he is a fantastic guy. And uh, he really appreciates my opinions yeah. on music and stuff. And uh, I, uh, his latest solo album, Seance Lack, mm-hmm. is something I held in high regards because I don't listen to much instrumental music anymore, but yeah. that one really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Ray is just one of the best singers of all time. Uh, whether it's those falsettos like uh, you hear on Parallels, whether it's mm-hmm. more of the lower tones that he does. Uh, and of course, his solo album last year too. Like, oh, yes. uh, even with all the cigarette smoking, he can still have a voice like that, yeah. which is absolutely absolutely insane because <laughs> no most people sound like this <laughs> but no he's still got it yeah and you know just the entire band I've interviewed the entire full lineup of Fate's Warning mm-hmm. that that is the current modern day era of Fate's Warning I've interviewed everybody yeah and I've also interviewed John Arch as well too which is fantastic uh, mm-hmm. yeah they're just a band I don't talk about enough but I'm finally doing it here at number nine very nice my number nine is Rock Ingram. um if you're not familiar with them they are symphonic black metal um but very 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 horror based and you know me I love for my horror <laughs> um so lyrically visually everything is super entwined in horror it's about some kind of horror story um, or stories or sometimes. stories yes but musically it's it's like classy black metal because <laughs> you have the dark like black metal side of it but then you have Clemens like bringing in this amazing keys and symphonic elements and it's just beautiful there, there's a reason why he like does or orchestration for so many yes. great albums like yeah. like Sabaton, Pain, mm-hmm. uh Till Lindemann. They're like he 
is one heck of a heap of a resume, pardon yes. my French. And his solo mm. stuff too. Yes. Like, oh, it's Which is just, just as creepy as well, too. Some of yeah, some of some of it's beautiful yeah. too. And oh, it's just yeah. it's amazing. It's a it's a little more industrial sometimes in yeah. the solo work. Some of it. But I like that. Yeah. That it's not just a carbon copy of correct. Yeah. And of course there's singer, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he creates like the masks that they wear. He's also creating masks for Flesh Gun Apocalypse and a bunch of other bands and probably other project and movies and stuff like that too. But yes, he has. Um, it's just amazing how like talented they are. So I love them. Yes. There's only one thing they're missing. A drummer. And... Well, they they have drummers. <laughs> um, well, they had a regular drummer now. Well, they don't, right. But, but you know, yeah. like for different countries and stuff, like yeah. a, a friend of mine, Gabe, he yeah. uh, he drums for Abbott when he comes to North America. He drums mm. for Greg Engren when he comes. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's getting uh, pretty good paychecks from doing stuff like that. Yeah. But I was going to say a bass player. Oh, that too, yeah. Because yeah. they're really living up to the black metal sentiments where there <laughs> is are. no bass whatsoever. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Or if you're more of a commercial fan, think of Injustice for All because there's no bass guitar on that album. <laughs> but no, I love Karak Ingren. I showed them to you and I was not sure how you would feel about them. Yeah. This was in the early days of our relationship where I really didn't know what you liked. Yeah, yeah. I was told from a former acquaintance that you liked folk metal and power metal. Yes. And that was it. Yeah. So I didn't know where to go. <laughs> but when I showed you this, you instantly fell in love. I did. I did. And even their latest album is your favorite from the band. Yeah, yeah. I do absolutely love that one. <laughs> and and you're both lookers too, let me tell you. It's true. It's yeah, true. It is. I, I can say that as a straight white male. Yes. Straight white cis male. That yes. they are good lookers. They are. <laughs> oh, yes. My number seven is Kill Switch Engage. Number eight. Or, sorry. My number eight is Kill Switch Engage. Yes. <laughs> um, I can't say enough about them. And mm. I know a lot of true cult people yeah. hate Kill Switch Engage. Mm. And I don't care about your opinion. Yeah. This is my list. Go suck a nut. Yes. Uh, but don't steal any from the squirrels or chipmunks. So. Yeah, let them it's, have their nuts. It's winter, but all the snow's gone. They're looking for food right now since they're not hibernating. Let them have their nuts. Exactly. Save it for after. Buy one from Target. Yes. Buy one, get one free. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I discovered Kill Switch in 2003, 2004, mm -hmm. which was my metal opening, if you will. Yeah. Which uh, is so crazy. That was 20, 21 years ago now. Yeah. That I've, I became like a metalhead outside of Metallica. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> I've told that story enough times. Yeah. But, you know, I got into Dream Theater from there. I got an Opeth from there. And then I discovered so many other bands. Yeah. And because of the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack, I discovered Kill Switch Engage with yes. a different version of When Darks Falls. Um, there's just a slight bit of a difference between the Freddy vs. Jason version and the End of Heartache version. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait for that to come up on the wheel so you actually go and check out <laughs> Kill Switch Engage. Despite the fact that you love Jesse and Howard's yes. vocals, yes. you won't go back and check out their stuff. It's not that I won't, I just haven't. And well, you've played it quite a bit for us. I, mean. I know, but that's why yes. accountability one on one oh one exists. Exactly. But anyways, all the songs have deep meanings to me, very personal lyrics, uh, be it heartache, be it mental health, be it personal struggle, so many different things. Yeah. I love the music. I got to interview the band once, which was awesome, mm -hmm. although we couldn't stay for the show because I uh various reasons. Yes. I'll just leave it at yeah. that. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, I love the band. Uh, I love the Howard era. I love both Jesse eras and I just hope that they pull a Halloween at some point and yes. get Howard into there too and they can just have both singers. If it Kill works Switch for United. Halloween, why not Kill Switch? Kill Switch United. 
<laughs> Why not? Exactly. I totally understand this one. And this is a band that like, I feel like once you do get me to listen to them more in accountability, they could probably creep up into my favorites at some point. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> my number eight is Dead in Finland. So this is a band, um, again, if you're not familiar, they're melodic metal of Finland. Surprising, surprising. That's another one uh, you can thank me for yeah, showing you. That is true. So it wasn't until two or three albums ago. Yeah, I think it was three was, albums. Three albums ago that I was introduced to them, but they had albums for that. Um, I've loved everything they put out since then, but especially last year's album was, it was my favorite album of the year. And I've, in the, these past years, gone back and listened to their old stuff as well. And they don't have a bad album in the bunch. Like, it is all so good. Like, like I said, they're melodic metal, but like, there's such like a strength behind their music. It's just super dynamic. I don't know how to explain it properly, but it's just, it's just sounds powerful. Well, I can a okay. little bit. Yeah. Um, it's because they kind of have like this Melodeth sound, but they also have like some modern metal elements into there. And then they yeah. also really know how to use dynamics. Yes. As well. Like Absolutely. they know when to be quiet. They know when to be heavy. They know yeah. when to explore other genres. Mm-hmm. And they know how to put a, arrange a song, arrange an album. Absolutely. That's one of their biggest strong points. Absolutely. And lyrically, they oh, they have some deep lyrics too that really hit you if you read them. And they're just beautiful. <laughs> I love Dead End Finland. I totally forgot about the album last year. I know. And then even though I put them in my top 100, it wasn't good enough for you. No, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't number one. So <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't good enough for you. Stupid turd. Come on. Even Night Demon being at number one, you can't understand that. I, oh, absolutely. They were in my top 10 too, but you know, that is mm. a little bit higher. And no, they did not rip off Public Enemy. No, they did it not. Was, it was a coincidence. Jesus. It was a friggin' coincidence. So silly. Coinkydink. Coinkydink. All right. Now for my number seven. Yeah. Going with my other number one album of last year. Uh, it is, of course, the Kentucky born, but now Minnesota raised Panopticon. Nice. Uh, North American folk metal, um, especially with their latest album they really explore the north american folk elements like they have beautiful string arrangements they throw banjo in their violins Uh, all of these great moments mixed in with black metal and post-rock yeah and they have such left-leaning and hard-hitting lyrics about the world like uh, one of their biggest songs of last year is about the forest fire that uh, we got in uh in ellie minnesota where i I think it was like 160 acres or something yeah eli yeah. sorry mm-hmm. I, I always get it wrong and I, I don't know, know why but <laughs> there was just like a gigantic uh, uh fire that happened throughout the worst out there and it yeah. got rid of so many acres mm-hmm. and they have like they have broadcast uh, news reports from fox 9 mm-hmm. i could hear the voice that's how i know it was yes them. and anyone else around the world would never know that but <laughs> no if you're from minnesota you recognize the voices you know you know but uh j- just hearing that and you know about like uh, the death of the world and uh you know climate change and all all the things that we need to do to keep the world alive so we can stay yeah. alive yeah and then there's other hard-hitting stuff about like uh, losing people that you love mm-hmm. you know from like car accidents or just general death and stuff like that about politics very left-leaning just like myself which i can always appreciate mm-hmm. um their earliest albums are hard to listen to sonically yeah. because it really captures that black metal sound mm-hmm. and by that i mean the raw black metal sound mm-hmm. but with every subsequent album the production gets better and better and the latest album has their best production to date and I dare say darn fine pardon my French <laughs> um, e- this is even the first album where you say that if you're in the right mood you can enjoy it Yeah. which I've never heard you say anything about Napon. Yeah. and they are on the spin the choice wheel Yes. but yeah like that was the first time I heard that and I appreciate that but um, <laughs> hope I can see them one day they don't really yeah. play any local shows despite being from Minnesota right. <laughs> but you 
know, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Oh, and there used to be a bar not from not far from here, uh, Hammerheart Brewery. Yes. Uh, used mm. to be like what, 45 minutes away from us, and I then, think right then they moved to Eli, and uh, yeah, you know that's like right next to Canada. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But uh, yeah, number seven, Panopticon. My number seven is Miraf. Um, so if you're not familiar with them, they are kind of a proggy power band out of Tunisia. And Middle um, Eastern folk as well. Yep, I was going to okay. go there next. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say how they weave in a lot of like Middle Eastern sounds and instruments and they just have this such a unique, like amazing sound to them. Um, and they're very diverse. Like there's there's a lot of their music that kind of just make you feel good. There's music that make you feel the heartache. There's sexy music. There's like everything across across the board. Zahar, like, his voice is amazing. I absolutely love him. Um, yeah, just super talented. I love their music. They should have been in the Aladdin soundtrack, the one that just came out a few oh, years ago. Oh, gosh, that would be amazing. It would have been better than the Will Smith genie stuff that they tried doing. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, they they just have such unique sound. I absolutely love their music. Desert metal, they call themselves, like, it, it's perfect. Not desert metal, like, the last Tool album, where it feels like it's an hour and a half of walking <laughs> through the desert. No, 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 no. Not like that. Nothing like that, no. Um, have you listen to any more of karma i i've listened to a little bit of it i i like it i like it uh my first listen i was a little like not sure but i think i think it's a grower not a shower for me i'm but. glad you're coming around to it yeah yeah i still think it's their catchiest most mainstream sounding yeah, album yeah yeah and like when i thought about them on autumn whim uh yes. if this is the sound they need to do to tour north america i'm fine yes come <laughs> if, here if this is what they need to do <laughs> Yeah, I love Mirath. Another band I showed you, like, three out of four bands Um, I was able to show you. You were, you were. And I'm very, very happy about that. Yay. <laughs> now we'll see what happens for the next six. Exactly. But coming in at number six is my man, my hero, and before I started going bald, kind of my doppelganger, Dan Swano. Yes. With Edge of Sanity. Mm-hmm. Now, I had the hardest time deciding between this and Nightingale. Yeah, I, I kind of figured you'd have an issue deciding which Dan Swano project you're putting on here i could have put witherscape but they only have two albums yeah and i didn't think that was fair right mm-hmm. uh, nightingale has so many great albums yeah. edge of sanity has so many great albums mm-hmm. but edge of sanity is what i listened to first and that was my reasoning for it understandable they are the real creators of progressive death metal yeah a lot of people contributed to opeth mm. because they heard them first a lot of people discovered progressive death metal from blackwater park yeah i understand why mm-hmm. but remember dan swano produced the, the first two opeth albums yeah and he started Bloodbath with Michael. <laughs> so, you know, he really knew what he was doing. And Edge of Sanity was doing this stuff first. Yeah. In fact, Black Tears is regarded as the first death metal song with clean vocals. Mm-hmm. And no one but Dan Swano could pull that off at the time. Yeah. I mean, you can't do brutal vocals over Black Tears. It just wouldn't fit right. Not in the way that Edge of Sanity does it. Eternal <laughs> Tears of Sorrow can do it. <laughs> Heaven Shall Burn can do it. <laughs> but if it was just harsh vocals for Black Tears, I don't know if people would have held it in the same regard. Yeah, I understand. Um, Crimson is one of my favorite concept albums of all time, along with Crimson 2, where uh, Dan Swano, uh, depending on how you look at it, fired the whole band and played everything <laughs> on Crimson 2. Uh, oh. there's mixed things about that I don't, yeah. I'm not entirely sure what happened but yeah. uh, Dan Swano came back to record Crimson 2 which is the last Edge of Sanity album I think there needs to be one more Edge of Sanity album before he's done makes it yeah. but um, yeah the pioneers of progressive death metal and Dan Swano is one of my biggest heroes very nice. so how could I not have him on here very nice and yes I did put Edge of Sanity on here instead of Opeth mm-hmm. which if you would have told me this 20 years ago I might have laughed at the, <laughs> at the thought of doing that now Opeth doesn't even hit my 
top 10. That yeah. shows where I am in my life. Yes. Awesome. My number six is Nightwish. Um, I'm surprised. Why are you surprised? I didn't think you really enjoyed the latter Nightwish albums. So the last album, Nature Human, I, I haven't gotten into that one yet. But outside of that, like, I, I, I love Nightwish. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously there's been multiple uh, iterations of Nightwish. Three eras, <laughs> to be specific. Yes, and then other members. Or four changed. if you want to talk about how the first album is drastically different than the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and then of course other ch- member changes as well, especially <laughs> in recent years. Um, but I, I love everything they've done. Like vocally, I mean, throughout the years, obviously Taria has an amazing voice. Annette, like she doesn't have the, obviously doesn't have the same style of voice as Taria, but like, I felt like she had a really good voice for the music they put out on those albums. Imaginarium was, yeah. re- was great with her. And Dark Passion Play was amazing too. And like, I don't know if you've ever heard the instrumental version of Dark Passion Play, but it is outstanding. Um, and then uh, that doesn't really say a lot about Annette if you're praising the instrumental version. Well, no, no, no. I like, <laughs> I like your voice on it too, but no, like just instrumentally it was amazing too. But, and then Floor is my favorite female vocalist. She's just outstanding. There's nothing that she can't do. Um, But I just, I love, I love how like powerful they sound. Like they're obviously symphonic, powery kind of metal, Um, but there's just such power behind them. They're so full sounding. I think Thomas is an absolute, absolute genius at music. Um, I mean, he made a whole concept album about Scrooge McDuck. He did. He did. He and did. it's fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Who else could pull that off? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, They're just all so talented. Everybody who's in the band, who's ever been in the band, like it, it's just, yeah, it's great stuff. And there's a lot of uh, lyrical deep meaning too. And it, it, it's awesome. Now, how do you feel about the future of Nightwish in the post-Marco era? <sighs> I'm curious to see where it goes. You know, I mean, Marco's been a big part of it for a while now. And well, obviously it's always been mainly female vocals. I mean, he's always had that kind of like beauty and the beast, the, the beast side of things that he would bring in. So I'm curious to see like what 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 will that hold will there be like i mean like even one of their biggest songs i wish i had an angel mm-hmm. yeah. it wouldn't be the same song without his clean, clean vocals over the chorus like, yeah you know it's he has that powerful voice to match yeah. with the gothic or angelic vocals yeah on the other side of nightwish yeah so i'm curious to see you know what the male vocals will look like from here on out we'll see though so let's get back on the mic <laughs> oh god I, I love the song with him and I'm, oh i'm just saying he's done it before he can do it again they should have ended up together i'm just saying him and Taria should have ended up together. In another universe out there where Berenstein Bears is spelled correctly, they are together. Is that true of Epica as well? Where uh, no, no, he's he always deserved better than her. Not saying you're wrong, (laughs) but ouch. Sorry, not sorry. Now we're in the top half of the top ten. Yes. And coming in at number five should be a band of no surprise to you, especially over the last few years, and another band that's on the spin the choice wheel. Yes. It is Catatonia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another band with very distinct eras. Uh, They were a death doom band mm-hmm. then they became a gothic alternative rock band then they became a very dark aggressive metal band and now they're kind of doing everything except for the death doom twinner twinner yes my twin yes which you refer to as twinner because of Bob's Burgers yes <laughs> <laughs> And we are Andy and Ollie, essentially. We are. But uh, yeah, with that, I love every Catatonia album. And I just love everything that they've done. Even the more gothic Death Doom stuff, despite it not being a real representation of what band became, I really appreciated it. Um, the very sorrowful stuff that they've always been doing the entire time. Uh, last year's album, Sky Void of Stars, was in my top 10 for very obvious reasons. It reminded mm. me of a 2020s version of Last Fair Deal Gone Down. And what I mean by that is it felt like a 
good representation of all the different sides of Catatonia. Again, yeah. except for the Death of Umera, which they will never go back to. Yeah. But just like it's got a little bit of electronic, it's a little poppy, it's goth rock, it's almost doom metal. It, it's got a little bit of everything, and I love that for it. It's uh, Jonas and Company, just amazing stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, my number five is To Die For. Um, Does that really count, though? Did they have enough albums to count for yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have quite a few albums. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of a different one. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> my apologies. I get things wrong sometimes. I yes, know. me. I know. What? It's you? <laughs> um, I know. I've talked about them on the show many a time, but... Look at how many times I were bands. That's true. But uh, they are a goth rock metal band from Finland. I've loved them for a very, very long time, but really, like, last year, I think it was early last year, when you were doing your uh, top 10 from every year you've been alive, and I did it as well off off air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And I kind of... Revis- that's, that's actually the reason why we started the podcast. Yeah. Is yeah. because you started doing that along with me off mic. Yeah. And I just thought it'd be such a cool idea to actually bring that to a box version. Yeah. Um, but kind of revisiting what my favorites were throughout the years and revisiting how many of their albums made my top 10 list. It, it reminded me how much I love them and I've just been listening to them nonstop since then. And like they're, they're gothy. They're, uh, um, they're a little electronica sometimes, but they have that rock and metal to them too. And super like deep, like kind of emo lyrics a lot of the times, which I absolutely love. Um, and they're just, they're fun and amazing. And I, I love them. I love them. They're a great band. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love what they do. Uh, a band that you got me into. Yes. Well, I was aware of them, but I never really checked them out and, yeah. to, uh, until it was for you. And I, I'm glad because I really love what they do. And it's yeah. just that great Finnish gothic sound yes. that I truly did. So yeah, I mean, to die for great, great. Uh, my number four, it's kind of a surprise that this dropped to number four. Okay. Because they've always been in like the top three for me. Yeah. At least at some point. Mm-hmm. But no, at least the way that I did this now, because you made me overthink things. Yes. I actually <laughs> put them at number four. Okay. It's Devin Townsend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Devin is the definition of writing the music you want to make. Yeah. Whether it's the mm-hmm. most extreme stuff you ever heard in something like Strappy on Lad, whether it's very ambient music, whether it's dark country. <laughs> yes. Jazz, uh, pop metal, uh, or uh, of course with the Devin Townsend project, uh, mid tier progressive metal yes. as, like, as he like to call it. <laughs> I love the I love Devin Townsend mm-hmm. and I'm going with specifically everything under Devin Townsend not the Devin Townsend band not Devin Townsend's project yeah I'm going Devin Townsend okay um, and of course that's what he's back doing now yeah as it seems like uh, he can't really work with a band longer than a decade yeah I've kind of noticed that about him he has a 10 year itch right about <laughs> and yeah I just I love what he does uh, Ocean Machine is my favorite Devin Townsend album Teria was my favorite album of all time for such a long time mm-hmm. um, some of the later uh, Empath came out at a time where I had my, my big right toe amputated. Yeah. So I wasn't really able to appreciate that album. Yeah. And a uh, light work I really do appreciate. It just, it was a grower of an album. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't hit me at first. It took many less appreciation. Yeah. And of course, who could forget Ziltoid yes. as well? <laughs> the lovable creature that we have sitting at both sides of our office. Yes, we each have <laughs> one. Yes. The little Ziltoid puppets. I'm so glad. <laughs> but yes, with all of that said, Devin is just one of my favorite singers, one of my favorite musicians and can write any style of music that he chooses an absolute virtuoso of the guitar just amazing very nice and i know you don't like his solo stuff you you're only a strapping fan yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) you're wrong for that but i understand (laughs) 
<laughs> my number four uh, is Entwine. So kind of going off of my number five, mm-hmm. this is another band that I've loved for a very long time and was kind of reminded of how much I love them when we were doing our top tens last year. Um, oh, Finnish makeout music. Yeah, it, it's another <laughs> Finnish goth rock metal band. Um, Again, depending on the album, there's some more poppy, there's some more heavier stuff, but just amazing emo, deep lyric throughout and just, just amazing. Yeah, and I really came around to them lately yes. and I've been listening to them a lot and kind of like what I just said it's like Finnish goth makeout music <laughs> <laughs> makes sense makes sense yeah it's just like if you're in high school and you put this on for someone you're gonna at least get a French kiss <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's beautiful stuff it with is. that gothic whinge number three is a band that I love more and more every year yes. and yes the subtle hints were there in the beginning when, yes. when I was talking about stuff <laughs> I'm looking at the tapestry right now of them mm-hmm. it is of course Ty Tabor, Jerry Gaskill, and Doug Pinnock, King Zax. I was expecting it to be higher, honestly. Well, I think you'll understand the top two. Okay. Well, every year they get bigger and bigger on yeah, my list. They're in my true. top three for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a slow climb, mm-hmm. but every year I appreciate them more. I understand. They write some of the catchiest songs you've ever heard in rock metal. Yeah. The All three of them singing together is glorious. Now, I'm not going to lie and say every single album is great. Uh, The uh, late 90s, early 2000s King Zax is a little hard to listen to because I think they were burnt out. Yeah. And even Three Sides of One, the album that came out now two years ago, it's kind of a mixed bag mm. because obviously the Doug stuff is very, very heavy. Uh, the t- uh, Ty Tabor stuff is a little more proggy, alternative, and Jerry's stuff is that classic Beatles sound. Yeah. And I know that's not for you. No, no. But you are a sucker for their ballads. I am. Um, and I of course the biggest one being Goldilocks. Yes. But there's so many other great ballads that they do that I think would become other favorites of yours as oh, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even their heavier songs like Dogman and stuff is just fantastic. Th- they played Woodstock 94 <laughs> and they never became a huge band. Yeah. I don't understand how that happened. Right? <laughs> it should have. Yes. If it would have been Woodstock 99, maybe something would have been a little bit different. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate almost the entire King's X discography. Mm-hmm. My favorite album is Ogretones, which no one says is their favorite album, but it is mine. Yes. Although Ear Candy is becoming more and more my favorite album. Okay. I, I could easily make an argument for almost every single one of their albums why it's their best. Mm-hmm. But, you know, another band that it's, that'll be the spin the choice for you. And yes. uh, hopefully it'll have the same fate's warning kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I should have been listening to them for a long time. <laughs> and even though you know the song Goldilocks and you love it, yeah. you still haven't checked them out and one day we will fix that. Yes. <laughs> my number three is Dynasty. Dynasty. Dynasty, Brian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never watched that show. It was a shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with them, they're a, kind of a melodic metal, AOR rock kind of vibe. Um, Nils is one of the like best vocalists today, I would say. Like, I, I should have had him on my vocalist list. I didn't think about him, honestly. <laughs> That's pretty bad that I, I forgot about putting him on my list. I'm just dawning on that now. But also think about how many great singers are out there as well. That well, that is true. That is true. But I would say he's one of the really great ones like of the last decade that kind of you know come to fame. Um, Although, I wouldn't say it's because of Dynasty anymore. Yo, fame-wise, yeah. Well, yeah. he's also an Amaranth now, which... Mm, <laughs> well, you can talk about Amaranth another day, but... <laughs> oh, don't worry, we will, because uh, their brand new album is coming out on the 23rd. Oh, joy. Yeah, so you will be checking it out, and you will be giving your opinion when we discuss uh, your part of Otwim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, they, they have great stuff throughout all their albums. I will say they definitely became more polished in 
later later albums um but all over the board they have a lot of lyric uh songs with really deep lyrics that kind of hit you then they have other kind of songs that are just kind of more experimental and like really show their their instrumental side like how skilled they are with instrumentals and how skilled nils is with his voice um but i absolutely love them they're just a fun band and they they have a lot of deep meaning for me and yeah did you ever check out the first couple dynasty albums yeah, yeah. more of like that 80s aor sound before they really discovered yeah. that power metal side yeah yeah they're more diverse now more mm-hmm. polished but they've always been though oh yeah yeah i was just curious about that because i don't think we've ever talked about those first couple dynasty albums together. yeah no yeah i love dynasty uh, another band you're welcome i, I don't know that you really burned me on it like i, I was sh- with I... you when we discovered them when i discovered it's... them but like i think i first heard of them when we saw the announcement for the fog power no i hadn't i i knew of them before that okay yeah i don't know anyways because i did an interview with them before yeah. the Brock hour stuff okay. so kind of getting the timelines confused I, that might have been the berenstain era timeline that you're thinking <laughs> I think of it was <laughs> jerk <laughs> I know you're in the wrong timeline. I am. Number two <laughs> is a band where basically the tribute band has announced a brand new tour where they're going to be uh, doing some dates, uh, multiple times, to- or like two night stands in some cities. Yeah. And once you know it, St. Paul is one of those. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go see them because it's going to cost almost 200 bucks <laughs> for us to go see them. Yeah. Which, uh, no, I've already seen the-, the tribute band. Yes. I've seen a lot of the songs I've wanted to hear. I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, if you haven't figured it out by now, it is death. Yes. Seven perfect albums from Splint, uh, Scream Bloody Gore to The Sound of Perseverance. And once you know it, their tour for Death Wall is called The Scream of Perseverance because <laughs> one night they're going to be doing all of Scream Bloody Gore and some other older songs. And then the other night they'll be doing The Sound of Perseverance with some of the latter half of their discography. Yeah. So whether you love Chuck growling, that's the first night. If you love his screaming, it's the second night. <laughs> a lot of people don't like the last two albums because he went into more of a black metal voice sound instead of mm. the death metal sound which I understand Yeah. but I started off with the sound of perseverance Richard Christie one of the best drummers ever mm-hmm. and barely plays anymore unless yeah. he's in Howard Stern's band Tookus oh, sorry Tookus you, got, you, you, you <laughs> gotta say it like him um, yeah everyone that Chuck ever worked with is an amazing musician in some way shape or form mm-hmm. uh, one you never used to be attracted to but now you're attracted to Gene Hoagland of course one he's of the most he's looking li- better now yeah he's probably the most infamous uh, drummer of death yeah and of course chuck which as you've said many a times has the most luxurious hair in metal he did i'm i'm yeah girl if we could all have hair like him and of course he was a huge horror fan like you so i know i would have been dropped like a box of hot rocks if uh, chuck was alive single and uh, you had the opportunity i i would have been kicked out and i understand i'm just saying let's see what happens (laughs) yeah um of course uh leprosy is my favorite death metal album of all time yeah just like pure old school death metal leprosy is my favorite Mm -hmm. I could, I love every single album and yeah just the, probably the reason I love pure old school death metal is because of Chuck Company nice. Death Rules very nice my number two is Flesh God Apocalypse you're welcome uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> This is probably your favorite band that I showed, right? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, again, if you're not familiar, they're symphonic death metal, I guess I would say. Um, but again, it's like sophisticated death metal. <laughs> like, it, it, they should be wearing the white wigs. They what? should. They should. Oh, like an Amadeus. <laughs> yes. It would. This music would be totally suited for Amadeus or any yeah. movie like that. <laughs> like, it's just the perfect mix of like harsh, but like also just beautiful symphonic elements over. It, um, amazing theme vocalist with uh, Veronica as well. Like it's just so diverse sounding, but just fits together so so well. And Ugh. of course, Francesco. 
Oh God! What the, a... the fact he went from being the singer of the band yeah. to being the drummer of the band yes. in a year and a half, yes, and becoming one of the fastest drummers to ever exist, yes. <laughs> to a then again becoming the front man of the band again, yes, is absolutely insane. I want a dreamboat. Oh, just don't go rock climbing with him. No, no. Yeah. Hopefully he is feeling better now and doesn't have any more issues. <laughs> I th- I thought he was gonna die. Oh, it was scary. It was scary. What do you think about the post-rock climbing era of Flash God? What do you, do you think I mean, the next album is going to be at Volano? I... I think it's going to be amazing. I, I don't know what direction they're going to go in, though. I mean, Nobody does yet. Yeah. I mean, just looking back on what they did, like, during the pandemic, like, a completely acoustic mm-hmm. version of um, The Day Will Be Gone. Um, no blue cover. Yes, Eiffel 65's Blue, <laughs> which, yeah. uh, for some reason, became another song by, I think, like, B.B. Rexa or something yeah, like, I'm know. good and I'm feeling all right. <laughs> oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you I stole Eiffel 60. Why Eiffel 65? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. But no, I love but, the Flesh God version. They yes. made it a pure death metal and nonsense, yes. which is just perfect. So who knows? I mean, I hope they continue to have uh, more Veronica and I, I love her voice with them. It's amazing. So yeah, I'm curious though. I'm surprised they aren't number one. Yeah. Well, and of course, your first time seeing them was the perfect place. Yes. At a children's theater. Yes. I saw them at Station 4 before that. Yes. But uh, seeing them, and then we also saw them at the Triple Rock as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw them three times. Yeah. But that's second time that yes. second time at that children's theater opening for winter sun i know <laughs> that would definitely be switched nowadays Oof, yeah <laughs> i think winter sun might be below arsis at this point it's like honestly maybe <laughs> but um no i love flesh god i love every flesh god album i love oracle i love mafia even though those mm. albums don't get top out yeah uh, of course agony is the album where they exploded right and the violation is like one of the greatest death metal songs oh, ever made it's so good <laughs> but honestly if you haven't figured it out, their best album is their last album, Villano. It is an amazing album. It is their best album. Um, you know, Veronica shines on that album. Yeah. Um, they have the most diversity on that. They actually wrote a ballad. Yeah. yeah. They've had slower songs, but they actually wrote a full freaking ballad, <laughs> which I love. But yeah. uh, there's so much beauty in it. Like, yeah. the chorus to Sugar is one of the most beautiful death metal moments I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. You know, just like with the way the strings go, like, yeah. I just find that beautiful with the blast beats <laughs> over top of it. Yes. And, you know, anyone who doesn't listen to death metal, like, what are you talking about? Death metal is nothing but <laughs> s- sc- screaming and incoherent nonsense. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, Flesh God is what I'm talking about. Yes, exactly. And you should check. Yeah. And now my number one should be very obvious to you because I did not bring him up in my top ten. Yeah. Do you know who it is? I have an idea, but we'll see. Well, it's three syllables. I saw them. You didn't. I saw them on Halloween night 2010. They were all dressed up. The singer was dressed up as a pirate wearing gold teeth. Um, their good one of their no their their guitarist was wearing a banana suit. Their drummer was wearing an apple. And I forgot what their bassist was wearing. Yeah. But um, that bassist, we did see in another band that has to do with part of that band. Yeah. With four syllables. Yeah. And um, he got some uh, stuff outside of Station 4 from somebody. That's yes. all I'll say. Yep. I, yep. But I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I know who you're talking about. It is, of course. Oddly enough, but it's happened over the years. My favorite band. With the Raven. Nevermore. <laughs> Although they say that's not where it came from. Yeah. They do say that. I don't know if I believe it, but they do say that. 
I love Nevermore. Yes. Started off as a, or, um, the sequel band to Sanctuary. You can especially hear that on the first couple albums, like the self-titled album and the pulses of Ecstasy. You can really hear the Sanctuary stuff. Mm -hmm. But then as they kept going, they got so much darker, so much deeper. Yeah. Um, then they did an album like Dreaming Neon Black, which is a concept album about World Dane's girlfriend leaving him to join a cult and dying in that cult. Oof. Being murdered in that cult. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, he never heard from her again. He just found out about it like in the news. Yeah. Like it was either on TV or a newspaper or something. Yeah. And then, of course, the Seven String Era came and in 2000, one of the greatest metal albums of all time was made. And your favorite Nevermore album, Dead Heart and Dead World. Mm -hmm. It probably mine as well, but yeah. honestly, it can go through any of them and I can make a good art for it. Yeah. But it probably is Dead Heart and Dead World. Just a perfect album. Yeah. Then, of course, uh, you got uh, uh, all the albums that came after that. Uh, I am totally blanking out on the name of the album they had the remix and remaster. I feel so stupid now, but I know it's got like Engine 8 stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, but then there's the Godless Endeavor, which is where a lot more people discovered them because they were on Megadeth's Gigantor. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of people discovered Nevermore that hadn't heard them before. Megadeth, Dream Theater, Nevermore, Symphony X. So many great bands on that bill. Yeah. Didn't come here though. Uh, yeah. I wish that would have came here because only. that, that would have been a great show seeing all those bands at once. Yeah. Uh, but of course they ended on probably my second favorite album from Nevermore, The Obsidian Conspiracy, which is basically their attempt at a commercial album. Yeah. They said so as much because they wanted to write songs that could get them on the radio. Mm -hmm. And they did that for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Emptiness Unobstructed should have been on Top 40 Rock Radio. It just should have. Mm -hmm. But of course, they were probably too old to be on Top 40 Rock Radio <laughs> because if you're over the age of 25, you're screwed unless you're already a legacy mm -hmm. act. Right. That's, that's the way she goes. Mm -hmm. But uh, World Dane, one of my favorite singers, if not my favorite singer of all time. In fact, he was number one when we talked about my favorite singers. Mm -hmm. Van Williams, one of the most underrated drummers of all time. Uh, actually, him and Jeff Loomis are working together with the singer of Alcatraz, Ingve's oh. uh, first band, yeah. uh, to make a new album. So I was kind of right about like Nevermore kind of getting back together. Jeff, yeah. Jeff and Van are back together. Okay, that's something. And, and of course, uh, Jeff Shepard, uh, he's still going strong with Sanctuary and uh, yeah. had some fun outside of Station 4. Yes. But I, <laughs> I love Nevermore. They are my favorite band of all time. Very nice. Very nice. And my number one is Eternal Tears of Sorrow. I, I could have sworn Flesh God would have taken number one spot at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're close, but Eternal Tears, like, for me, so if you're not familiar with them, they're melodic death metal out of Finland. Sorry, surprise. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? But he just, there's a little bit more depth there for me. Like, their lyrics definitely have, like, a, a nearer, dearer place in my heart Um, throughout a lot of their albums. <laughs> like, there's just, there's a lot of depth there that just really hit me very, very hard. Um, And I just, they're just such a good mix of clean and harsh vocals, absolutely beautiful piano, like, melodic part mixed with, like, the really harsh aggressiveness. And, oh, they just have a unique sound to them. They just have a very unique sound to them. And I absolutely love everything about them. Yeah, I get it. I mean, your mm -hmm. favorite song. Yes. How, how could that not also be your favorite band? It's I true. mean, it makes sense. It's true. And yeah, I, I love them. They're a band that I got into more because yes. I, I knew all of them, but I didn't get an appreciation for them until we met. And You're welcome. you showed them to me. Yeah. <laughs> And one day we will do our top 10 bands that we showed each other. Yes. One day. Yes. I think we already did something like that 
like a couple years ago off Maybe. mic just for poops and giggles for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, another one that we should do is the songs that make us cry. Oh, remember, we did that before too. Yeah, remember we made that challenge like we were trying to make each other cry? Yes. <laughs> Who else does that? <laughs> and then last year we did that for ourselves too. Like we just picked the saddest songs for Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, yes. Which, um, you know, we're not doing it this week. We should have. Oh, shoot. We were going to too. Yeah, we, we were, were doing going like to. our favorite love songs. We totally forgot about it. We did. Uh, we, like any holiday, you can celebrate it anytime you we want to. We could do it next Sunday and it could be like the breakups that happened on Valentine's Day. Here's your playlist. Maybe. Or we could do it in July. We can do it in November. Who cares? That's true. That's true. You know, it's just like you can only celebrate Halloween during October. Screw you. You can eat candy and watch horror anytime you freaking want to. <laughs> and since we have no friends, it doesn't matter when we do it. Well, that is true. <laughs> but no, seriously, that is our top 10 bands of all time. What do you yes. think? Who has a better taste in music? Is it moi or is it moi? Let us know in the comments down below who has the better top 10. Or do we both suck? Do we <laughs> suck for not having Slayer and Metallica on here? Should we have thrown Five Finger Death Punch and Pantera on here? So many ways we could have went. Could, yes. Should we have gotten Conway Twitty, which people only know now because of Family Guy? Yes. Who knows? But seriously, let us know in the comments down below. But before we go, one more time for the show, we have to spin the choice for yes. next week's show. Yes. Not that I don't love the idea of doing that. I just want it to be a spin the choice where we do the, do the love stuff. I understand. Or unlove. And uh, if we do the unlove stuff, horse number one, we'll sure love it. V-Bray, sorry for the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's time to spin the choice. Made choices here. Some of them repeating. Yes. Basically, some are repeating because we have another subsection of this. We did that one last week. I forgot to get rid of it. <laughs> Oops. I put, you know what? Just get rid of it and then do it over again. Big yeah. money. Big, big money. money. Big money. No whammies. No whammies. Stop. And favorite TV shows. Of all time. Of all. Well, yeah. Of all yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. What's going to be my number one? <laughs> if it's not freaking obvious <laughs> what's in every intro just that leave it off your list completely to mess with people <laughs> I, sh I should do that like my top 10 favorite shows that aren't that show <laughs> I should try to make it harder on myself that way. Right, right. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, nah, you know. Yes. But uh, yeah, next week will be your, our favorite TV shows. I think we're going to have some similarities in this one. Maybe. But I think we should make it a little harder on ourselves because I think of one particular TV show, yeah. which only has one season right now. I don't yeah. think that should count. Oh yeah, no, that, that yeah. wouldn't be on my list. Yeah, because yeah. It, it needs to be a show that's actually lasted a bit of time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen with arguably the best episode of TV I've ever seen. We're talking about the last of us hey, supposed to get away well it's not gonna be on our list so we can all right fine <laughs> yes the bill and frank love story is the yes. greatest story yes. ever told but on but just TV. one season no that doesn't yeah. it has to be at minimum i would say three seasons at least i think that's fair yeah that mm -hmm. is fair but uh yeah i'm excited about that uh i believe that's the last non-music one that we have on here outside of video games yeah so yeah that'll be really fun to do and now it's time to talk about all the other non-music related stuff that we've been enjoying lately with stuff we've been checking out. Good news, everyone! It's time to let you know what we've been enjoying. Don't you have some friends your own age? Someone to drink with? Maybe a girlfriend? Talking about TV, movies, video games, wrestling, even music. Can't you see you're not making rock and roll better? You're just making rock and roll worse.
So, why don't we start things off with you this time? Sure. Since uh, you were gone on your almost week-long venture. Yes. What were you enjoying? So, on my end, I mean, as far as gaming goes, really, the only thing I played was Romance Club. There was another Diamond Dash where you... Of course there was. <laughs> where you didn't have to actually use any diamonds or anything. All the choices were free, so I played a little bit with that. That's how they get you. They don't get me. I haven't put any money on it. Well, people with less control, that's how they get them. Because they'll spend the money. Well, maybe after... they have control and want to spend the money. It, it's like crack, you know... <laughs> <laughs> like, you go to a dealer, the first hit's for free, but it's so addicting you need to get more, and that's when you start charging. That is true. That is true. <laughs> um, Outside of that, I watched a lot of Supermarket Sweep while I was away. <laughs> you did while you were here, too. I did. I did. Um, But I did watch one movie last night. Um, I wa- finally watched um the second Orphan movie for Skill. Orphan? So it's a prequel? Uh, no, it's it happens after. Yeah, it's stupid. But it's called First Skill. I know. I know. It's dumb. Anyway, is the movie dumb as well? Oh, it's... <sighs> It's all over the place and very, very rushed. But I would say, like, there are part of the movie where if they actually took the time to, like, pace them out and make them into actual, like, decent length storylines, it could be a really interesting movie, but they just rush through it so, so badly and it just it ends up being a mess. I've never heard you say that about a movie. Before. Yeah. That it was too fast, too rushed. Yeah. They didn't let things yeah. expand. Yeah. It, it, it's the truth with this one. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just, oh, yeah. I never hear you say that about movies. No, I get you. I get you. But that's really all from my end like just me but now yeah does it warrant a third orphan movie is there any no. major twist like the first a, in, not like not i mean it's the same girl it's the same kind of premise I, and stuff I, but I like there's a twist but not not that could be carried into a third movie no okay so basically if orphan was sleepaway camp first skill is sleepaway camp three uh, i don't think they're terrible <laughs> well i meant like they both have a big twist at the end um and then the other movies just not don't. a the end no okay no well i didn't mean the very last scene but yeah. then you eventually not exactly and that shaman what a twist what a twist yeah all week on my end yeah i've either been checking out new music doing stuff for heavy debris things or i've been playing like a dragon infinite well yes and some days i spent 23 24 hours awake <laughs> yes because i couldn't sleep because of interviews yes that's just how my mind works lately mm-hmm. that's probably why uh, when i talked about the interviews and stuff like that you'll understand how calm I am because I'm so tired. But in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I have probably around 70 hours locked into Infinite Wealth at this point. Yeah. And I'm still on Chapter 6. Yeah. I haven't played a main mission since before you left. <laughs> and I'm still finding new stuff to do. Yeah. And there's stuff that you haven't seen, like the mascots on the uh, Animal Crossing yes. Sundew Valley yes. Island. I, I sent you screen caps You did. <laughs> and those are the cutest slash most disturbing <laughs> mascots you can find. They are. Oh. And... Of course, uh, your first thought was, which one's you, which one's me? Yeah. <laughs> Being cute and disturbing. Yes. There exactly, we are. Exactly. Um, if they just had this uh, Animal Crossing resort kind of thing as like a separate game, yeah. you'd be addicted. Oh, I'm sure. You'd be completely, utterly addicted because you can build adult shops. You can, <laughs> you know, like, a, uh, I forgot the exact term, but it's like a unsuspecting massage parlor. <laughs> or stuff like that. Oh. Uh, you, uh, yeah, you just build it from like a zero star to a five star resort yeah Yeah. it's just really fun stuff going on there that's funny uh they have little dungeon things but uh they go through a a building instead of like the zelda dungeons Mm -hmm. it's uh use this like skyscraper which i think is a cool way to do it uh that's what you saw me doing last before we started recording Mm -hmm. um yeah finally beats a level two of three or possibly four out of that so that was cool nice um there's so many different jobs that you can come up with new moves and stuff for 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's just so many great things. And like we mentioned last week, you started getting into it. Yeah. Which is really there's cool. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Would you ever play it? I would. I would, yeah. Who knows? Maybe on Game Pass. I mean, Maybe. I mean, the Yakuza games are on Game Pass, and if that ends up on the Switch, there we or go. the Switch 2, there we go. you could play all the Yakuza <laughs> games up to li- uh, up to Infinite Wealth on That there. would be cool. That would be cool. Unless they get rid of them. Yes. Not dumb wood. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, TV shows. We watched... What did we watch? A show that we were going to do a podcast about yes. until two of the stars of the show decided to do it better. Yes, it's true. Uh, curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we talked about this on the show, like, several episodes back. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how we wanted to make a side podcast about mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Where we would go over every single episode. Yeah. And decide if Larry was in the right or the wrong. Yeah. And all of a sudden, last Thursday... There's the history of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. With Jeff and Susie. Yes. Where they talk about in depth every single episode and their own personal feelings about everything that happens in the episode. I mean, it's not specific, like, was Larry right or wrong, but they definitely cover that too. And they do it better than us since they were actually involved. Yeah, they're involved. So So if (laughs) we ever do a side podcast, we're going to have to do something else. Yeah. Maybe Bojack if we get Netflix again. That's true. We could do The Simpsons. I mean, there's almost 800 episodes we could cover. Right oh, yeah, we could. Huh? No, that's a fruitless endeavor for you. <laughs> <laughs> but now, uh, what did you think of the first episode I, of the final season? Yeah, I'm sad that it's the final season, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, Larry's as crazy as ever. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's just, just as enough, just as uh, all the cringe that you could want. And yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. That mugshot at the end yes. is just one of the greatest things. Yes. And you know exactly what they're making fun of right there. Oh, completely. <laughs> Don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen it, exactly. but you might be able to read between the lines of what I just said. Exactly. But yeah, all the cringe, all the laughs, all the, oh no, that's not going to happen. And then it happens. It happens. <laughs> and then you just have to turn your head or hide your head in your shirt exactly. because of the cringe involved. But exactly. Exactly. Nine more episodes. Yes. Nine more episodes. <sighs> but I'm so happy it's back. And I it's going to be on Sunday. So instead yes. of us not watching the Super Bowl, we can watch Kirby Enthusiasm. Exactly, exactly. And of course the Puppy Bowl. Yes. At some point. Mm-hmm. Unless I sleep right that in like that. But hey. But hey. But hey. <laughs> or the Kitten Bowl. I don't think I, that, I don't that exists anymore. I think there's a Kitten Halftime Show now. Oh, I, I guess uh, Beth Stern is just so busy nowadays <laughs> exactly. that she can't do the Kitten Bowl anymore. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, um, wrestling. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Let's just say, say the, the thing. thing. Tony Khan had a major announcement. Like every other week. Hey, kids, Tony Khan's got a major announcement this week. Aw, uh, he does every <laughs> week. But this one's a great big major announcement. Aw, uh, they all are. <laughs> And this one was no different. Nope. Uh, the, in five weeks from Wednesday, this yes. past Wednesday, mm-hmm. there will be a show in Boston yes. called Big Business. Oh. And the S's are dollar signs. I wonder what that means. What could that mean? Hmm. Boss ton. <laughs> big business. Whatever. Money. Boss time. Or botchamania. It's Ross time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, anyone who's never, who enjoys wrestling or yeah. wrestling fails. Yes. And has never watched Botchamania. Yeah. You need to go on YouTube and watch Botchamania. It is, yeah. we don't even regularly watch wrestling anymore. Yeah. But we will never miss Botchamania because it is the greatest thing to come of wrestling. Yeah. Even if you liked wrestling like way back when, or like you just liking people fail and yeah. things. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. All the tables that don't break, all the promos that get screwed up. All the people that fall and don't do their actual like lips. <laughs> Ha ha ha. 
all the endings with different like Simpsons references and yes. other th- gaming references and mm-hmm. all this different stuff. Like it's like it was tailor made for us. It was. It was. And for anyone that enjoys all that stuff. And again, wrestling fails. Exactly. Brand new and old school wrestling fails combined mm-hmm. as one. Yes. Nuts and gum together at last. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, if uh, you didn't figure it out, uh, getting back from that sidebar. Yeah, Mercedes Monet, otherwise known as Sasha Banks. Yes. Is a part of AEW. Yeah. What be. is your thoughts? I can't stand her. So. Do you hate her more than Bailey? Oof. They're pretty much tied, I would say. Yeah, because I remember when we were watching WWE, like, I thought you I thought you hated Charlotte most. Oh, I but, hate her too. And, yeah. and Becky Lynch was like the one we both liked. Yeah. Then they changed her persona. Yeah, until and she became the man. And became <laughs> the annoying. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's faking that Irish accent. It's not a real redhead. It's not. Like CJ Perry. Hey, CJ, you don't talk with your Russian accent no more. <laughs> Oh dear. And Kofi Kingston, you don't speak with your Jamaican accent no more. Nope, nope. Uh, but um, there's rumors of other wrestlers that are going to be there that night. Tony Khan said it's going to be the biggest night in AEW history. Sure. Didn't he say that about All In in London? Yeah. Didn't he say that about the second week of Rampage when yep. CM Punk came out? He sure did. Is there any saving grace that could happen at that show that will actually make it the biggest show in AEW history? <sighs> I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Like, uh, I mean, that would help. That would help. I think it's Giant F.U. Yeah. Although, now that I think about it, what's his finisher called? I the Rainmaker. Oh, yeah. And what kind of rain is it? That's true. Money. That's true. So maybe it's an Okada reference as maybe. well. Maybe. Maybe. we'll find out. Yes, yeah, so I was doing the stripper uh, make it rain <laughs> thing going on there. <laughs> Um, is there anyone that got fired from WWE that would make you excited? Like Mansoor or Mustafa Ali? Mustafa Ali. The ones that used to have crushes on? I would love Mustafa Ali to come You stopped caring about Mansoor when he cut his hair. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Um... Well, I absolutely love Mustafa Ali. Like, I would love, love, love for him to... I know he's done some Impact and Independent shows, but he hasn't yeah. signed with anybody. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just put the Okada thing together. Yeah. With the Rainmaker and the money. Like, Maybe you're on something. Yeah. Maybe you're on something. Probably people have already said it online, Probably. but I just thought about it now as we're recording yeah. it. So, yeah. So maybe that's a saving grace to it. But even with all of that, the biggest night in AEW history... Nope. I mean, I'm sure Osprey's gonna show up around that time too, but he already came out. Yeah. And wasn't that just a major announcement in and of itself. Yes, it was. I don't think wrestling debut should be the major announcement. Yeah, I would agree. It should be like how it used to be where everything went pitch black. Yeah. And then they come out. Yeah. Because it's the element of surprise. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what's enjoyable about wrestling is the surprise. Yeah. Quit taking the surprise away. Yeah. When I can call the endings of every match, mm-hmm. it's not fun to watch. No. And I think in his mind, like by announcing there's going to be, you know, some big thing, like he's thinking he's gonna bring people in to watch but we're so sick of hearing that and we know it's not gonna be something big that it doesn't entice people to watch anymore it's like that meme that i sent you you know yeah. the simpsons one bart turning around while well, everyone's staring at bart and then bill millhouse says say the line tony khan <laughs> yes and then <laughs> tony khan to make a major announcement on dynamo yay <laughs> exactly exactly <sighs> are we gonna tune in for it in mm, five weeks i don't well, know well a better question will we have cable in five weeks i guess we'll find out stay tuned ladies and gentlemen i'm 
sorry if I gave you anxiety for even saying those uh, syllables. Combined moving together. onward. <laughs> yes, moving onward. Um, the last bits will actually be some music stuff here. It will be. Um, we're not doing the Alton Whim stuff. That's got its own segment. Yes. But we have a couple singles that we checked out today. Yeah, so we checked out a single from My Dying Bride. Yes. Um, they have a brand new album that'll be coming out April 19th, right before 420, man. Ooh. And it's on a Saturday, so all the stoners don't have to feel bad about smoking up at the same time they do every other day. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> It's also Mike Portnoy's and Hitler's birthday. Oh, right. (laughs) Yes. Nice you know that. (laughs) Yes, all three of those, I know. But I absolutely love the new single. I love the music video. It was a very tragic tale, like all of my Dying Bride songs. Yeah. And of course, you. I I mean, let's preface this by saying I'm not, I I don't think I've ever listened to My Dying Bride. You've probably played them for me, but I've never thought them out and listened to them. Well, there's a reason why they're on the spin the choice. Yes. Um, I just found it to be kind of boring. I mean, it wasn't bad, but... But it was just, there's like no build up. There was just, it was just was, just was. I so disagree. I know you do. I know. And I'd love to have that debate. You know, we need to bring back the the versus debate. Yeah. On a band like this. Sure. Like the pluses or negatives of a band like this. Yeah. yeah. We should, we should do that sometime. We'll do that sometime. Um, we could do the what's your problem, but I want to have my side do it as well. Yeah. So, you know, battling on each side. But we'll, anyways. We'll figure it out. And then we also checked out the single from Lock of Stock. Yes. They have a new album coming out as well. Uh, my good friend, uh, Teddy Moeller, uh, plays guitar in the band. He used to be the singer and guitarist of the band okay. but this is the second album in a row where he's not singing on it uh, I miss his vocals dearly yeah uh, but uh, the new singer does a heck of a job yeah and I really like what he does uh, this song was just a, a blazing fast song mm-hmm. I really appreciated that about them because they haven't done like a speedy song in quite some time okay not like this it, it kind of reminds me of like In Flames Takes Life where it's just so fast yeah yeah, yeah. and I like that yeah and the video is just funny they're like <laughs> They're like in a factory elevator and there's like an old lady with them in there at one point. Uh, there's a mom and her baby in a stroller and then they just slowly back out as they discover a band's playing in there. Yes. It's great stuff. Yes. And then they occasionally like shoot to outside the elevator where you can barely hear the music and the elevator's either going up or down. <laughs> stuff yeah what'd you think of it i liked it i really liked it It was super catchy like you said it was very fast-paced fun music and yeah i need to show you them and i need to put them on the spin the choice wheel i forgot to put them on there mm-hmm. awesome yeah so that's uh everything we've been checking out lately but of course as I mentioned, I didn't just play Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I've been doing so much stuff for Heavy Debris things with interviews and, of course, out today and what I missed. Now, here are some of your no name fans. And now it's time for Out Today and What I Missed. People either loved us or they hated us or they thought we were okay. With Metal Fury checks out the albums that came out this past Friday. Where can I find the latest releases? And anything else that came out before that. I just heard them on the King Biscuit Flower Hour. What will she like or hate this time? Yes, out today and what I missed. If you want my full opinions on all 10 albums that we'll be talking about, of course, you can go to heavydebriefings.weebly.com for the written version so you can read that at your leisure. You can check out the Spotify playlist that I put together with a track off of each album, which is how the Metal Fairy experienced these songs. She didn't check out all these albums. No. She's not as insane as I am. No. She just hears briefly or the full song, depending on how much she likes or hates something. (laughs) I'm not going to make her listen to a full song she hates. That's stupid. No. Or you can check out the video version which of course is up on the heavy debriefings youtube channel or the youtube shorts as well if you don't want the little side comedy stuff that i put in between everything and you just want a minute or less album review so all of that said i am stalling time because i got to pull up the list (laughs) 
how are you doing out there in uh, podcast land? I hope you're doing well. And yes, here we go here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, The first album up is from the Wisconsin thrash metal band Morbid Saints with Wallowed by Hell. Giggity. Uh, this is the band's third album since 1990. So this is another band that had an album come out in 1990, then 2015, and now 2024. All right. So this is the band's third album of that thrash metal, almost death metal sound. Very, very aggressive stuff. What did you think? Um, musically, I thought it was somewhat catchy, but it was still a little too, like, harsh and in my face for me, for my cup of tea. But there's so many bands that you listen Two of your top 10 favorite bands yes. are very harsh in your face bands. Yeah. They have that side to them, but it's a, a chunk. Like, they have the, the clean, like, symphonic over all of it. Yes, yes. Your aggressive stuff needs to have some symphonics or yes, something behind it. Yes, yes, it does. Also, can I just say that I'm surprised not a single glam band made it on your top 10? There was no yeah. Hurricane. There was no Pretty Boy Floyd. <laughs> there was no Black and Blue. I know, I know. No Dawkins. I know, I know. Which uh, I showed you a new article from Dawkins as wording this. Yeah, well, <laughs> I did I, I, that already were, but I yeah. didn't. Um, well, again, with Autumn Whim, I don't review stuff I don't like, mm. which is an important thing to talk about. So if I talk about an album, then I review it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Because I'm not going to spend my time, just like I'm not going to waste your time hearing a whole something that you don't enjoy. Exactly. I'm not going to force myself to listen to something I don't enjoy. So mm-hmm. every single one of these albums should give you the impression that I enjoyed in some way, shape, form. Yes. But next up is the prog band The Pineapple Thief with It Leads to This. Yes. Could that mean it's their final album? I'm not sure. Uh, Gavin Harrison of Porcupine Tree plays drums on this album. I believe this is the fifth album he's done. Uh, yeah, kind of more indie alternative progressive rock. But what did you think? Um, it's not something that I would ever seek out and listen to. It's not that bad, but it's just, it's not for me. It's just, it's just kind of there. I mean, it's very mellow, but it just, it, nothing, nothing that would catch. Oh, that is so disappointing. But it is your opinion and, uh, you have every right to it, no matter how. Next up is the debut album from the Ohio band Red Temple Bray with Can It Get Any Worse? Uh, this is more of like, kind of like 90s alternative shoegaze. It reminds me of the more mellow stuff from Torch as well. Um, what did you think? Uh, your descriptive was uh, very, very descriptive. Yes. So to me, it's like like a high school band that's playing at a party you're going to Saturday night and all the high school kids are saying how they just rock so hard that you should be really excited to see them. Then you go there and you hear them and you remember that none of these kids saying how hard they rock listen to rock or metal. So why are you taking their word for it? And mm, mm, no. You see, that descriptive is so believable for you. Yeah. Except with one kid elements. A party? I would never go to a party. We never went to parties. No. Of course, we didn't even live in the same state when we were in high school. Well, and we weren't in high school at the same time either. <laughs> well, trying to be nice. Enough. But yeah, neither of us went to parties. We were never invited. <laughs> no. yeah, Who do you think we are? Parties. <laughs> What's a party? <laughs> Alright, uh, coming up next is the is the band known as Spectral Voice with Sparagnos. Uh, very extreme death doom kind of stuff going on here, so it should be right up your alley, uh, right? Sure, sure. With their sophomore album? Uh, so musically, I mean, it's just typical, like, black metal sounding. Vocals were atrocious, like, it just whoosh, you can't understand a thing he's saying. Like, it doesn't even sound like words. Yeah, weren't you, like, describing it like an industrial fan or an air conditioner or something like that? Like, yeah, Whoa. pretty much, yeah. Yeah, mm. that was your description, not mine. Yeah. Yours. Yes, mine, mine. And let me also say, like, all this, in my opinion, I'm not saying this is fact. I'm not saying anybody else should feel this way. I'm not saying anybody is wrong for liking this stuff. I'm sure it's great music to some buddy out there, and that is wonderful. But for me, this is how I feel. Yes, and let me just say that if you think that we have the same taste in music, I can prove to you every single week that we don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's been an accusation in the past, like we like too many of the same kinds of music and stuff. Oh, no, we don't. 
No. <laughs> we have a lot. We have some great similarities, but yes. not 100%. And with that uh, comes the LA band with their sophomore album uh, from the band Stagey and Crown with Funeral for a King. Yes. Uh, very much in the vein of how I describe it is Candlemass beats Bolt Rower. <laughs> like it almost gets death metal. It has that Candlemass sound, but it's all clean female vocals. Mm-hmm. So for me, musically, it's interesting. It's catchy. Like it's almost kind of like evil, like royal castle rot, like feud metal kind of in a way. Uh, vocally though, I just, I didn't really like it. There was something about the tone of the vocals and it's just kind of, I felt like everything was kind of drawn out with the vocals and I, it just didn't hit me. I understand why you feel that way. Yeah. I disagree, but I understand. Yeah. Um, one that we can agree on though. Yes. Is uh, the latest album from Pakita with the Agony Flame. Yes. A Swedish band that kind of takes like top 40 hard rock, mm-hmm. but combines it with gothic rock. Yeah. Like it's an odd mix. It's like stuff that you would hear on the radio now, yeah. but it also sounds like him and sentence. <laughs> Yeah. What did you think? I absolutely love it. It's super catchy. Like you said, it has that goth element, but it has like kind of mainstream element as well. Vocals I really like too. Like they're, they're kind of rough, but there's still like a very smoothness, like a smoothness about them too. And I, yeah, I really like it. Rugged. Rugged. Yeah. Um, I'm amazed they don't have a bigger impact here in the States. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's all well, because they're an international band. Then explain Ghost. <laughs> they're from Sweden. Yeah. Papa might have moved to the States, but yeah. you know, they, they originated in Sweden. They yeah. got big there. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of rock grants we know from Sweden, Finland, and that'd be big here, but aren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty maids. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I dig. Uh, those are all the albums that came out today as we're recording this, yes. so it actually does work out for the theme of the show. Of it does. Out today and what it I missed. Does. Now for all the stuff that I missed over the past week, uh, we got four more albums here. Uh, the first one being Ad Nihilum with An Escape of the Guilty, a Swiss Black and, Doom, Black and Death Doom band. Mm-hmm. I really dig it, but what was your thoughts? Musically, I think I can maybe like it in the right mood. It's definitely mood music for me. Vocally, I didn't love the vocals, but I do think they're fitting for the music, so it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions with those. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And maybe if you heard another song, maybe you would have felt different about it. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, next up is the fourth album from this San Diego band called Dark Haven, with the aptly named Four. Yeah. Uh, they are a mix of, like, 90s, 2000s, mellow death, mm-hmm. and top 40 rock radio. Yeah. Another one that kind of hits both metal and rock at the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what did you think? I liked it. I liked it. It's that niceness, mix of lean and harsh, but it, it has some really interesting guitar parts over it as well. And I, I yeah, I like the of it. I'm, I'm glad there was at least a couple that you liked on the show this week. Yeah. It, it wasn't just all bad. No. <laughs> uh, next up is the band Dead Yellow with their sophomore album, What Was Left of Them. Uh, this is my kind of black gaze, post-black, atmospheric mm. black metal. Uh, just the idea of like a, so much uh, melody and harmony over to black metal, but I know you disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one isn't for me. Like, musically, it just gave me kind of an empty feeling, which I don't... Well, I don't... That's black metal! <laughs> yeah, but not all black metal gives me that empty feeling. It and... should. It, it, if it's uh... if it doesn't, it's not doing the job. Uh... You're supposed to be dead and decomposing as you're listening to black Karak metal. Ingram is black metal, and they don't give me an empty feeling. Well, but you're also a horror fan, so, you know, it's yeah. like, if you weren't a horror fan and you heard these things, it would feel like uh, dead well, and Well, I don't like having an empty feeling, so there you mm. go. That's why I don't like just straight-up black metal. <laughs> I do! I know you do! Because I'm a depressed SOB. I know 
you are. And vocally, it was just... I got like, problems. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> and, and, well, and vocally, it just was the hardest one I felt like. Um, I see. Yeah. But finally, yeah. we do end things on a lighter note. Yes. A happier note, kind of. Yes. I mean, lyrically, it's not happy. Yeah. But it is one of the most fun power metal albums I've heard sometime. Mm-hmm. Not serious, not silly, fun. Yeah. I miss fun power metal. Yeah. There's plenty of silly power metal. There's plenty of serious power metal. Mm-hmm. But getting that right in between fun. Yeah. And of course, who better than the guitarist of Ed Guy to put out yes. some fun power metal? Yes. Of course, we're talking about the sophomore album from the Grandmaster, Black Sun. You're welcome. You missed the boat just like I did. But I <laughs> turned you on to them. Yeah, but I got the email about it before you told me about it. And them. you didn't know about it till I told you about it. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless we have fun but regardless what did you think oh i i listened to this full album and i listened to their first album too because we missed their first album as well yes we did we missed the boat on all of it we did i absolutely love both albums front to back like it, it is fun stuff but there's also some serious sounding stuff in there too and i am so happy that i that he's finally in another project um absolutely love his guitar work and love the music all around here love the vocals it just it's great do you think it was a conscious decision that he's not in Avantasia? Um, because the drummer of that guy is in Avantasia. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know if, like, if he, if he was even invited to be part of the band or if it was, you know, kind of planned to have, like, other people as guitarists and stuff or... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that backstory. so... Do you think Ed Guy will ever get back together? Or um, are they Taylor Swift where they're never, ever, ever, getting back, ever getting together. back together? Um, I hope that at some point they do another album. I don't know if they will. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Poppy's very, you know, on, on board with Avantasia now and has been for a while. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe they could at some point. Granted, I want to see Avantasia one day. Yeah, that would be amazing. But we, I missed the boat on seeing Ed Guy at Station 4. Yeah, I saw Ed Guy. Yeah, uh, we could have met way sooner. Yeah. Way sooner yeah. had, uh, had I gone to that show. I wanted to, but uh, I was at that phase where I didn't want to go to shows alone. Mm. I quickly got over that. Yeah, I was there with a guy that I was dating at the time. Uh, heard he had a good name, though. No, this is a different guy. That oh, I it is. I dated for like a couple months, and then he let me know he was dating somebody else. Too, so. Sometimes. I was trying to end things on a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> and then your gothic emo self had to just bring it to uh, oh, we have we have fun. Don't don't we just sound like the sexiest couple you've ever heard? <laughs> you know, the kind that doesn't get cheated on or <laughs> we have great friends that love us so much and we don't you try know, to make each other cry. We're, we're not the envy of every other couple in the world. No, uh, no. Uh, uh, we have. We have but uh, yeah, uh, that is the Autumn Whim, or Out Today and What I Missed. Yes. However you wish to pronounce it. Uh, for this week, and of course, uh, next week will never be another big week, but the 23rd mm. is going to be a huge week mm. for album releases. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you know everything that's coming out. I already did mention that Amaranth is coming out on the 23rd, yep. Yep. but uh, Borknagar's album is coming out on the 23rd. Okay. There's a huge slot of albums coming out for the 23rd. And right. I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, I guess it's time to do a little uh, cleaning here. Uh, doing the plugs. Well, you did do a couple interviews. What, the plugs? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're in it there. Yes. Uh, as I mentioned throughout the show, I had a horrible week's sleep. Yes. Because, for some reason, ever since I interviewed Isan last week, when the day I have an interview, I can't sleep. Yes. So, so for some reason, my mind decides, hey, that interview that you do is going to be the last thing you do during the day. Yes. Not the first thing 
or midday. Nope. It's going to be the last thing you do. You're going to go yes. right to bed after you get it up on YouTube and promote it. But why not get up 24 hours before that and just stay up through it? Yes, because my mind just constantly races with anxiety. Uh-huh. And with the last interview, I was kind of right to have anxiety, but we'll get to that when we get there. <laughs> but um, had uh, two fantastic interviews yes. that happened. Uh, first was right before you came home uh, was the UK black metal band The Infernal Sea. Yes. Uh, talk about their latest album, which is a concept album about Witchfinder General, which is also a movie. It's also a classic new wave of British heavy metal band, but it is about Matthew who killed over 500 people in the name of God. Yeah. Like if they would not turn to be a Christian, he would have them killed or kill them themselves mm-hmm. or just anyone he didn't like and thought was unchristian like. And it just goes into all of that. It is a dark, deep, evil album uh, with with witches in there and stuff. Uh, you might like yeah. it. You might. I think the last song in particular, because it has a lot of violin mm-hmm. in there, I think you might appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, the Messenger of God is the song I'm speaking out. Um, really thought-provoking interview, too. We've talked a lot about history and how the world is doomed to never or always repeat history because we never learn from it, and that will be our demise. Uh-huh. But on the opposite end, I got to talk to someone that I talked about in our top ten. Yes. Uh, favorite bands, which, of course, is Ray Alder. Yes. Uh, talking about his new project with Jim Matheos, uh, Norsey Echoes. Uh, talking about the brand new album, Really Good Terrible Things, which will be coming out next Friday. And I thoroughly love this album. I'm going to be talking about it. Well, sorry, it's coming out 23rd. That's another one that comes out on the 23rd. <laughs> yes. So it's going to be a huge week. Um, funny enough, I did the same thing with Soundware. I said it was going to be the next kind of ones, but uh, <laughs> I, I was so weird. Yeah. But um, it, it's more ambient. There, there is some heavier moments that happen on there. Yeah. But uh, it's really more chilled music, which it's really cool to hear that. And just hearing Ray be a little more mellow, although still being able to shine through his voice. And of course, also detailing the fact in the interview that, yeah, Fate's Warning's not going to be making any more new music. And if you check out Blabbermouth right now, I thought they took that part out of context and put it up <laughs> on there. But no, someone did the thing that I hate most yeah. and asked that question. Mm-hmm. Like with Eson, it's like, when's Emperor going to make a new reunion album? <laughs> with Fate's Warning, do you ever think you're going to go back into the studio and make new music? Yeah. The obvious question. And that's when the artist stops caring about the interview when you yep. do something like that. Exactly. I have a good rapport with people because I actually care about the interviewees. Yeah. I wouldn't take the interview if I didn't like the music at least. And I want to show my appreciation by not being a jerk. Mm-hmm. And if they've already said this, why would less than like six months later, why would you ask if they're going <laughs> to get back together to make new music? What's oh, that all about? Yeah. But um, I had a really good thought provoking interview with Ray as yes. well. You were around for that one. I was. Although you didn't really hear all of it since you were on the opposite end of the place. Yeah. Uh, but um, you did enjoy the bits and pieces that you heard. I did, I did. He has a cute little pup that showed up at the end of the video as well, uh, too. I know, I know. So that made, and of course, his long silver hair, yes. strong. Luscious lock. Yes. But um, that's actually gotten a lot of good views lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no major publications picking this one up, uh, maybe because I didn't put any clickbaits in this one. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of great views, and a lot of people are saying how good of a job I did, yeah. which has given me gigantic imposter syndrome. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> because that's how my mind works. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I don't know. Did you think it was a good one? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then today did not go as well. Uh, I interviewed uh, Nick of the Greek thrash metal band Suicidal Angels, yes. whose brand new album will be coming out on March 1st. Yeah. Of course, the issue, as I'm always afraid of it happening, yeah. audio technic- technical difficulties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so much throughout the interview, he couldn't hear me. Yeah. Or he was getting emails on his phone. Or uh, I think he messed up volume settings and he stopped me. Maybe. But, uh, Who knows? It's hard to it's, say. It's hard to say. Yeah. That's right, Sister Hazel. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I had to cut it short because of all the technical issues that were going on with it. Uh, his screen was freezing at times and kind of blacked out a couple times. It's uh, unfortunate stuff that happens. Yeah, I mean, happens. when he's in Greece and I'm here in the States, that can happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which is funny enough because the other ones are from the UK and Spain, yeah. but uh, Greece seemed to be the issue. Yeah. <laughs> and Greece is the word, is the word that you heard. Exactly. But um, what did you think of that today? You were here for it. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's unfortunate when stuff like that happens, but I thought it, it went good dull. I mean, you pulled it together, you're a professional and yeah, got done. And 913. Oh, well, 70 or 87 interviews to go till I hit 1k. Yeah. And I've also seen on YouTube, we're almost at 1.5k subscribers very nice. on the YouTube channel, which I'm very, very happy about. Yeah. And I've got to thank everyone listening to this, yes. uh, especially if you're checking it out on YouTube for that. Thank you so much for continuing to check out podcasts, checking out the interviews, the weekly reviews that I'm doing. Uh, that's probably all I'm doing as of late because I'm checking out albums constantly throughout the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm doing interviews, so I have to study those albums a little bit more because I don't want to I don't want to be Larry King <laughs> where I don't even know anything about the subject of the interview and I just talk about random crap. Yes. Not that it didn't work. He was on radio and TV for how many decades? But <laughs> and uh you know had like nine wives. Yes. They probably got sick of his crap. Probably. But yeah, I I want to be thorough. I want to be good at what I do. So, you know, I want to have a vested interest in that. And of course, my favorite time of the week is when we get to do this podcast together. Yeah. It's all the stuff that we kind of talk about throughout the week anyways, but we just yeah. put it on the mic and I hope you enjoy it. Yes. Hope you enjoy a little banter and us giving each other crap. <laughs> this is what we do in real life. I yeah. mean, this is yeah. no different. Yeah, no. It just uh, less swears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, again, uh, I think this is a good place to end everything. Thank you so very much for tuning in to episode 31 of the Heavy Debriefs podcast. I'll try to think of a good title for this one. I don't even know what it is right now, but whatever the title will be, it will be a title. Uh, <laughs> of course, yeah, uh, wherever you're checking this out right now, be it in podcast form, be it on YouTube, wherever you check it out, uh, spread the word like comment share subscribe is all you hear all your favorite social media people tell you and of course uh i'm a youtube channel that likes to keep it real unlike all the other youtube channels that say the same thing <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was a hard times article i saw before we started recording <laughs> i really enjoyed that but uh yeah keep up to date with the interviews uh Otten whim all that stuff on heavy debriefings.weebly.com and the heavy debriefings youtube channel and for the metal fairy this is of course josh runquist for the heavy debriefings podcast saying embrace the skullet this has been the heavy debriefings podcast thank you for tuning in make sure to follow heavy debriefings on all your favorite social media sites facebook instagram youtube and threads and of course heavy debriefings.weebly.com for all of your heavy debriefings needs also check out the metal fairy at facebook.com at the metal f-a-e-r-i-e until next time